Mike Fisher's back for two years. He's actually getting more money than Ribeiro, which he had a raise. He got a Mike Fisher got a raise. He's <laughs> he's older and he's more injured and he's thirty five and he got a raise. And his season, I mean, everyone's like, he had a great comeback season. You look at the numbers, he had a really lucky run of it for the year. He is not going to repeat that unless it's a similar bout of luck. Either that or his deployment changes. Because he made a lot of he made a lot of uh, good plays in the special teams. I was going to say if the special teams get any better, then he um, he'll put up he'll put up more power play points. And then you give him a raise. It's a courtesy contract. It's a hey, Mike, you're a good guy, and we like you, and you fit the image that the National Predators traditionally have had. God knows we need a win. Yeah, right you now. Ne- you need <laughs> to be like the complete counterpoint to Mike Ribeiro because as scummy as he is, you have to be that angelic. to the show that has survived eight types of hot chicken, 20 types of whiskey, and still plans on living afterwards. This is the Fredcast presented by Lions Own Internet Marketing Solutions and on the forecheck.com. With me, John Garcia, Chris Link. John and I did the uh, the Hot Shots Festival over the weekend. and um, I'm still paying for it. I, I was okay after Sunday. Um, for those who don't know, doesn't live in the area. Uh, every, with the exception of like one or two like Notable names because Pepperfire wasn't there, Hattie Bees wasn't there, hmm. but a lot of um, a lot of the hot chicken places around town uh, came together. Uh, and Buffalo Wild Wings, and Buffalo, and Buffalo Wild, Wild Wings, Wings, and Coco's Italian, which I Market. didn't have. I was proud of myself. Yeah, well, according according to the uh, the official, uh, is it Sean the Sean Henry Twitter account that he, he was he listed Buffalo Wild Wings as like a hot chicken leader? It's oh. embarrassing. Actually, he had a rough string of tweets because, and I'm I'm already going to go off the rails, guys. So go for so it. here we go. He had he he went down to Orlando and saw Orlando City play, and he commented, "I'm going to screw this up, so I'm going to, tr- I'm going to try to get it right though." That the ruckus. Uh, the ruckus are trying to create a Section 303 style supporter section, and if if I've ever heard a more tone deaf so- soccer statement in my life, I wouldn't know it because he just clearly didn't get it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's stand. Well, actually, the the ruckus are a little. You know, it's Orlando. It's Orlando supporters. They're already for those who excessive. don't know. The Orlando City is essentially like the Oakland Raiders of the MLS. Oh, that's so good because they're a bunch of like tattooed, you know, biker thugs that just want to vandalize other other team stadiums. And they're they're, they're as a speaking as a transplanted Floridian, Orlando City is not good news. They're jerks. Um, those fans. And for opening, those who are still confused, yeah. MLS is soccer. Yeah, <laughs> and you. <laughs> I just yeah. learned that today. <laughs> Yeah, so that was uh, after the hot chicken thing, and then, and then the Orlando City thing. I was just like, I have no faith anymore. <laughs> no, it, but the hot chicken thing was pretty cool. But what, the, what was stunning to us is that it was a four-hour event, and everyone's drinking whatever they can get their hands on because uh, Bolton's was much spicier than expected. Because when you expect hot chicken, you expect it to be like a dark red color. Oh my god, that just looks like it's going to just destroy my stomach lining. Bolton's just look like. Oh, look at this. This looks like there's some good taste. Oh, my. Well, I'll tell you what. Most of the places, too, just turned it down. I think with the exception of maybe Party Foul, which surprised me. Like, Prince's did not bring the heat. didn't bring the heat. Um, No one else brought the heat. Party Foul had that... 
Ghost Chili Pepper one. I think poultry they call geist. it Poultry Geist. That's Which it. I didn't. I feel so stupid. I got, I blame the whiskey because I was not. I didn't. I didn't it's draw like the connection. Ten minutes after we were eating it, you're like, "Oh, I get it. There's got to be Ghost Chili Pepper in here." Yeah. Thankfully, for no one really looked at me like I was stupid. After no, that. I did. You I just did. couldn't tell because was, of all the whiskey. Yeah, probably. I'm gonna say this. Ghost Peppers are cheating in anything. They're they're not. They're just, it's just cheating. It's they just, were giving out glasses of milk with it. So they, <laughs> that's been a dead giveaway. At that point, if, if you are intentionally serving heavy dairy, not like sour cream or anything like that with your spicy food, that means it's not seasoned properly. And that's bad cooking. I don't care if the goal is to be as hot as possible. It still has to taste good. And well, if it you're tasted great, it, yeah, just, it tasted fine. Well, yeah, but the heat was just pointless at that. I, I have very, I love spicy food and, and I have very strong opinions about poorly prepared spicy food. The milk was there mostly just to mix in with your bourbon. I mean, that's, <laughs> well, that's there really was those sipping creams that we found at the end of it. Yeah. No, oh, see, that's, geez, that's clever. So good. That's a clever it's idea. like your, your Bailey's type stuff where they had, uh, they had like a peppermint mocha, they had a, like a peach brown and sugar cream cinnamon. type of thing. Yeah, the mm. brown they sugar should have really had some good. guys making milkshakes at the end. Yes. I wish. Why and was purity not there? Why? Why were the food? Why were the dairy food trucks not lined up outside Loopers when people were shakers, leaving? Licensed to print money, right there. Yeah. Uh, uh, Bradley's curbside creamery also. Jenny's. Has Jenny's. A, yeah. Do I, they, I mean, do they have ice cream they can serve yet? I don't even know. I yeah. Don't keep I mean, up. they've got they've got places all over the place. I think they've got one at Twelve South. I think they've got one oh, popping yeah. up somewhere else. Yeah, but right wisteria now. is a is a reality with them, unfortunately. Mm. I think they I think they're finally back up and running hundred percent. They got it but, twice, I believe. Yeah, they did. But they, <laughs> apparently, they they found the reason why how it got in. I don't I don't know, but they actually did a shutdown and said we're gonna, we we think we know where it is now, as though before they opened up saying we don't quite know where it came from, so we're just give this a shot. That's worrisome. No that's kidding. that's not a business model, kids. It's and not. only three people broke their glass. Sorry, getting yeah, back that, to that's it. incredible because the beer fest, like it was, it was like becoming a comedy of errors. I think it, we timed it what every five minutes and for the past for no the one ending twenty. Fall down drunk, and there's unlimited whiskey around, and everyone's drinking. But they no did one. a pretty good job of only giving you a little bit though, because I was like trying to ask for more, but they were only filling up the bottom of your glass. They did a pretty good job of like the people who were running uh, the stands and everything like that not going overboard. Hmm. Still, yeah. I was in Denver, so I don't know. Well, you were in beer country. I was, yeah. My my days in Denver were, were as the follows: get up in the morning, have brunch, sit at a coffee shop and read, then sit at a bar and read, then watch soccer and read. So no, <laughs> what was in Denver? Oh, the MLS All Star Game. So you just went to the MLS All Star Game. Well, Tottenham Hotspur were playing. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. How would yeah. you like Dick's Sporting Good Park? That's a pretty cool place. Um, the the most fun about the park were all the funny things people were saying as we drove up to Dick's Sporting Good Place. I I don't think I can say any of them on the oh, air okay. because this is this is a family ish show. Well, hold on. So was it, was it at the soccer stadium long. or was it at the football stadium? At the soccer stadium. Okay. Yeah, that's a small place to have a MLS All Star Game. Well, it's the MLS All Star Game, Dan. Let's not get crazy here. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Um, one thing that is a sound business model is Nashville offering some long-term extensions. I would say long-term. Let's say medium-term extensions for uh, Craig Smith, Colin Wilson. I want to put Cali Arncrook on here, which we'll talk about him later on. But let's get into that. Uh, big news. Predators extend uh, both Craig Smith and Colin Wilson. Both of them are going to get a uh, nice raise. Wilson got a nice, like, one-and-a-half uh, times raise. I mean, he, I kind of got a little bit of flack for saying he got paid. Well, yeah, he got a bit. I would of say that well. he got paid. He yeah, got paid. definitely. I mean, if you d- more than double your salary, I think you get paid. He didn't quite double his salary. It was one and a half times what he was making. Well, I should also pay attention when yeah. you're talking. Yeah, math. 
Oh, so what? So let's dig into that. Uh, Craig Smith extended first. Um, there's we all like Craig Smith's game. Uh, I know both of you guys probably like it a little more than I do, and that's not saying I hate him. But I'm talking to a guy who has a Craig Smith jersey and another guy who has his catchphrase. Um, it's true. Craig Smith likely going to be a second line winger for his for the duration of this contract in Nashville. Um, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with a good second line winger. Yeah. Uh, your first reaction to it? Uh, you're, you're paying four point two five to a guy who's going to score fifty point twenty five goals, fifty points consistently through the end of his career. I mean, it's going to start de- declining once he kind of maybe hits his 30s or something, but he's going he's been consistent. I think he's going to continue to be consistent. Uh if the Predators can get some better centers and develop some centers, I think his his uh point scoring is actually going could could go up in the next couple of years. But it's just a solid contract for a guy who's going to contribute every single night, you know exactly what you're getting from him. And I, it's just fantastic. There's not anything to complain about, in my opinion. Yeah, and I'll go along with that, saying, I mean, you saw what he did this past season where he filled in on the top line when James Neal wasn't there. Um, I don't think that he's the permanent right wing or left wing or wherever you want to put him on the top line, but in a pinch, um, when you can put him up there and he can work just as fine, um, I think that's that's a great upside because he's not... He's not stuck in one area, and he can It's not like he can only play with a certain amount of players. He, um, he's sharp. He's yeah. he's our version of the black of, of sharp. In a lot of ways, yeah, he is. I mean, That's, sharp Kennedy kind of uh, regressed into being a winger, whereas Craig Smith is he only found his groove as a winger, and he's only twenty five. Mm-hmm. So when this contract reaches its apex and we're, and finally finishes out, it's gonna be, he's gonna be thirty years old. So. And if Foyle's still around, he'll give him a stupid contract that he doesn't deserve, or he'll wisely probably let him walk at that point. No, or, Poyle doesn't do that with uh, no, Poyle, 30 year olds. It's like, oh, man, you're going to be 35 soon. Here's $4,000 million. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we know he's done that recently. He, go, he goes to Paul Gosselin and said, how much money should I give this guy? He's more? A little, okay, more money. Yeah. More money, more money. You can play here as long as you want. I'm actually saying that to Mike Fisher. Uh, Colin Wilson gets one year less and a little bit less money, but... Um, Still, Willie's locked down for another four years. Uh, happy with this move as well? I am, yeah. Just because I think there are still a lot of question marks with Colin Wilson. We talked about it last week. We talk about it every week, every day, every year, um, where he started off the last season very slow, um, but then rebounded and played probably one of the best seasons that he's ever had before uh, running into the quicksand again and just basically falling flat towards the end of the season. Um, so I think that there are still some question marks there, which is why he got that one less year and that, uh, was it, 500000 500, less dollars, $750,000 less dollars? His number's yeah. really weird. It's um, His cap hit is like 3.93750. It's, it's a weird number. Yeah, but so he got less than, than, uh, than Craig Smith did, which I think all of us were expecting. Uh, but, I mean, I don't think that's really a knock on him. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the deal as far as both term and dollars. It's a fair deal because if he continues to play like we saw how he played most of last year, I think that that could, deal could be a steal. But at the same time, if he doesn't, then it's not it's not dragging the team down. Yeah, and, and I have to agree that you know you don't have a ton of 25-year-old forwards who you just don't quite know what to expect the next year. And a lot of the guys who are in that category, I think of like um, uh, the guy whose name I'm going to screw up, Alex... Galchenyuk? No, the guy who was with Carolina. Semen. Semen, yeah. I was going to say it totally wrong for some weird reason. I was like Simeon, but that's someone totally out. That was another capital. You're thinking of Verlama. No, I was thinking of, of a guy whose name is Simeon. Um, it's his first name, too. And he's English. Whatever. Oh, um, Ayrton, yeah. Uh, you know, so you have these guys who are like 
to get that enigmatic uh, label. Well, that's not really Wilson. He's not quite that level, probably because he's not Russian. Um, but yeah, you just don't know what he's going to get. Other than he's probably going to drive play in a positive way. And, you know, he was going to put up some points, but no one has any idea how many. And it's, it's an interesting contract because it could be something the Predators look to try to move in a couple seasons. Uh, and, and some teams might be interested. But I, I just think you have a player who's a little bit similar to, to James Van Riemsdyk in style because they grew up kind of mimicking each other and playing like and playing with each other, but not quite the talent level. And now you've got Laviolette, a guy who was already successful with JVR. And I think a lot of that goes into the fact that, you know, since he was such a high pick, that there are just so many expectations with him that associated with, oh, he was picked eighth overall, so he's got to do something. He's got to score 30 goals and 70 points and... And that just doesn't seem to be who Colin Wilson is. I mean, he looks like he's going to be a productive second-line player. He looks like he can absolutely be a fine third-line player if it comes down to it. I think his ceiling's much higher than a third-line player. But again, he's just he's got that just that question mark perpetually around him um, that I think signing him for what they did is totally fine. When I compare um, with or without your numbers, which were the num- which when you look at uh, I post these on there all the time. Um, comparing what a team, what a player does with this player versus what he does outside of playing beside this player, only one player I found had a st- had a um, played significantly better without with Colin Wilson. That was James Neal. And that was because that he was playing beside Mike Ribeiro typically, as opposed to Mike Fisher. James Neal needs to be beside Mike Ribeiro. Everyone else who plays beside Colin Wilson, their possession numbers were better. Their offensive numbers were usually a little bit better and their defensive numbers were usually a little bit better. If the Predators had taken them to arbitration, they would have lost horrendously because Colin Wilson is, uh, he reminds me of like a, he reminds me of a guy who should be playing for the Bruins or the Rangers because the Bruins and the Rangers are building with these big, hulking college wingers on either side of their centermen. And their centermen, I mean, with the exception of the Bruins, uh, they're not great, but with the size that their wingers that, that they have, guys like Kevin Hayes, guys like uh, Chris Kreider. Step in. Yeah, Derek Stepan being a center, who's probably a number two center, to be honest with you, but when you in that offense, he's a number one. I and mean, same with Derek Broussard. Colin Wilson's a guy who you would who would love who would probably really flourish in one of those offenses. And he's just now getting the ability to be able to do so. So I, I'm I'm very happy with the deal. Um I was a bit surprised that Kelly Arncroak only got a one year deal because I th- would have thought that David Poyle would have and this sounds mean on Poyle, but I'm I'm not exactly David Poyle then after the summer to begin with. Um, Kelly Arncroak only got a one-year deal because I would have thought it was an opportunity for David Poyle to take advantage a bit of Kelly Arncroak's having a bit of a yeah. season and uh, maybe get him to two or three years at a cheap rate. Well, I think one of the things that you want to do is one, see if he's worth, you know, if he's worth the money that they may potentially be paying him later. If they're on the hook for a couple of years for. Uh, you know, a million dollars or something like that. Maybe that's not something that they want to do. On the other side, maybe that's not something that Yarncroke wants to do where he doesn't want to make, you know, $700,000 or $800,000 for the next couple of years. No, but um, but paying him $1.2 million for two or three years is better than him paying better than paying him nine hundred grand, and then, oh, now you have to pay him $2 million and then go from there. Sure, maybe they try him out for a little bit and then see whether or not he's going to fit with the system because they still have Forsberg, Ekholm, and Jones to pay. Maybe they decide at the end of this year, you know what, you're still an okay player, but you are not what we're looking for in a forward where we're going on. I don't know if that's necessarily true or not, but they did. I mean, it's not like they brought in Moses and Hodgson 
out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of a situation where you you have to decide if you want to pay for an unknown factor, uh, yeah. pay less for an unknown factor, or, or pay a little bit more for a known factor. And I think a team like the Predators are happier. I mean, you look at the history of how they've been signed contracts lately. They seem much more inclined to play, pay for known factors as much as they can. Um, or if it's an unknown factor, play, pay very, very little. So going along with their pattern, it makes a lot of sense that they would do this. I think it's a fine move. Yarncroke hasn't really established his identity on the team yet, and I would have trouble locking up a guy for multiple years who doesn't really have an identity on the team, in my opinion. I think that's fair. I mean, when you look at if you look at his underlying numbers, he's a guy that finds the puck, the, the guy that's not going to get you know taken advantage of too much in the defensive zone. But at the same time, he's not very big. If you want to have a guy who's, quote, the defensive guy on your line, you want to have him have the size of a Mike Fisher or, God forbid, a Paul Gostad. Just without the glass shoulder, um, and the inability to skate in this. In, yeah, but know. look at I mean, uh, Braden Thompson, who's uh, who uh, best wishes to him. He's he uh, he moves on to other things. Uh, he was a big fan of having a guy like a and Chicago has it, a Marcus Kruger on their on their fourth line. I mean, that may be the prototypical fourth line center going forward. He's a guy who wins faceoffs, gets out of the zone, doesn't make a whole lot of money. You look at what the LA Kings have with guys like Kyle Clifford. Um, some of their depth players like um, oh, Trevor Lewis, that you can you don't have to spend a ton of money for defensive specialists as long as you draft that guy once you know once or twice a draft and bring him up and Lord knows the Predators have drafted this guy for the, since 2010. You look at the reason why the Predators have these great draft numbers is because they draft grinders. It's you know if you're drafting effort players, they're going to make the NHL, but they're not going to stay there long. So. Um, or they're going to float from team to team. They're going to be drifters. Exactly. I mean, you're going to have a lot of NFL, a lot of uh, NHL games played. You're just not going to get a lot of uh, goals out of them. So, I don't know. I, I kind of wanted to rant on that a little bit. My apologies. Um, so, as a whole, Smith, Wilson, Yarncroke, uh, the Predators are essentially done with the rosters of right now. You've got Moses coming in. You've got Hodgson coming in. It's Cody Hodgson. I mean, I we checked it multiple times. He's going to be an RFA after this year. Mm-hmm. You've got Watson, who... Uh, for the first time I can remember, is actually on like the Predators video features. Like he's racing go karts with Kevin Fiala, so actually That's the team cool. is acknowledging his existence. He can't even do it by himself; he needs Fiala. No, no, actually he was showing Fiala how to drive because Fiala hasn't only been driving for a month. I'm sure Fiala mastered it in moments. Uh well, he did master that shirt he was wearing. Did you see that video? He was wearing the uh, USA flag shirt. He was wearing wasn't he? a USA flag shirt. It looked like it was made out of like uh, I can't even. It looked like it was made out of drapes. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas Austin Watson, if you look at like a, if you drew like were to like do a police sketch, I don't know who the guy is, but he's played Canadian junior hockey and then minor league hockey for three years. What does he look like, Austin Watson? Like I don't know how he chews food at this point. Seriously, <laughs> he looks like Sean Couturier. Huge hole in his, in yeah. his front face. He literally ah. looks like a giant Sean Couturier with arm tattoos. It's quite the picture. It is driving a go kart, so worth checking out. I, I really hope that guy makes a team. Bless his heart. Um, so, so basically, you're hoping for an injury to Paul Gostad. Is what no, you're saying? No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm hoping that Eric Nyström finally kind of hits the wall and they realize, you know what, Eric, uh, we really don't have a spot for you this year. Uh, we appreciate everything you've done, but think, where do you want to go? I think a lot of people are hoping he hits the wall so they can put him into reserve for the season. That kind of saved that the Predators a last little year. bit. Yeah, that was a boon to the team. Yeah, I, I talking like about the, at the end of the season, right? Talking about the Devils game where he got the leg injury. Mm. He did literally hit the wall and reserve. become injured. Yeah, 
I would. I really think that Eric Nystrom is holding back a spot that a guy like Watson Salamaki would really flourish. Yeah, in. and I mentioned this in the article that I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago, where with the introduction of Hudson and Moses, that kicks Yarnkrog out of his spot. So now we're up in the air as far as where Fiala is going to go. If he's going to even make the team out of training camp this year. I don't think he will. Yeah, and again, I said the same thing about Forsberg last year, and I look like an idiot now because I was like, ah, oh, you know what, maybe you could put some put him down in Milwaukee for some seasoning and all this other stuff. He's only been there for a little bit of time, and he only played a little bit with, up with uh, the big club for a while. So I would be fine if Viala started in the AHL, especially because he moved from, he bounced around so much last year. He also doesn't have the size that Forsberg has. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked much more cut in that video that we saw of him aforementioned driving around golf carts. But you also but. remember back to last year's training camp with what he did there, where it looked like, holy crap, this guy could possibly make the team over here. So I'm still holding out. Like, I wouldn't be um, heartbroken if Fiala starts the year uh, taking first-line minutes in AHL, her, uh, sorry, AHL uh, Milwaukee than uh, if he did in NHL Nashville. Um, but at the same time, I want it to be Fiala time really I, bad. I, I do too. I also want to see him become kind of like this like odd couple with him and Watson. That'd be fun. That, that is an odd couple. That be that could be so much fun. You have like the big hulking Canadian guy that's like his personal bodyguard because, <laughs> I mean, you can say what you want about Watson, but I don't think anyone's going to really want to mess with a six foot four hulking, like fur trader. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so I didn't know Austin was with French. Well, but maybe I'm thinking lumber. No, lumberjack is like British Columbia. Anyway, um, where is Watson from? Watson from Ontario. No, actually from Ann Arbor, Michigan. I'm sorry. He's from. He, I'm I he was a, yeah, I thought he was American. Yeah, he's he's from Ann Arbor, so maybe he's a mechanic. I don't know. Um, <laughs> he's some he's some kind of service like he's some kind of manual labor industry worker of some sort. Listen, we said like so. Be sure your pinky's out when you drink that beer. Um, <laughs> actually, that's, <laughs> that's considered rude and something that is only done to mock refined people. Oh, so you should not stick your pinky out when you're drinking anything. It's considered rude. You would know that because you drink more tea than I do. Like so, SpongeBob lied years. to me. Definitely. Damn. How dare you trust SpongeBob for? How dare you not? I've so, never watched an episode of SpongeBob. There is no tradition in summertime better than uh, speculating on Shea Weber trades. I was going to say like five grilled years. corn, but whatever. I don't do too much grilled corn. Every, that sound you heard was everyone just turning off their devices or their radios. Be like, again! I don't hear no. That's a loud mouse Shea click. Web, no Shea Weber trade ain't going nowhere. Well, it's still something to talk about. <laughs> Let's be real. We've got time to fill here. We've got time to fill here. Um, looking here, uh, I mean, this past summer. The check's already been written for Weber, and let's face it, the roster's already been pretty much filled in as well because with David Poyle's signing, Ribeiro, Fisher, Hodgson, um, there's not really space for him for a bounty for Shea Weber to be entered in the lineup unless the dream trade of, of Chris Link happens where it includes uh, Shea Weber, Paul Gostad, and Eric Nystrom away for pieces that could fill back in the lineup. So we... Um, so where, where are we at with this? So next summer, we're I mean, this summer it's dead. I think we all can acknowledge that, right? Yes. Yeah, they're not trading him before okay. the beginning of the season. It's not going to happen. No, they're not trading him until the soon as they could trade next, him. Until next after, off season. It, yeah, is until after the All-Star game. 
They couldn't trade him until then. Well, they probably won't trade him. And that, that no, and then at trade. that point, you're not, not going to trade him at all. So let's say like the no one's going to want him next year's bounce. draft. Uh, which don't I still think people are going to want him. I know they will. So if we're looking at next summer, which I imagine his value is going to go a little bit further down, but at the same time, um, unless he has a bounce back year. Yeah, unless he has an awesome, which which I mean, is not out of the question at all, because he was playing hurt for a lot of the second half of the season. I mean, that's something that we conveniently tend to leave off of these things. But um, I mean, he wasn't in like a hundred percent shape towards the, the second half of the year. I mean, how many slap shots did you do? You actually remember seeing from the uh, like from the losing streak onward? There, there were like very, very few. Very few. Even on the power play when they were, because I remember earlier in the year they were basically teeing him up all the time because that power play was just so awful. They're like, you know what? Maybe if we get it to Shea, something will happen. But then that even that tailed off. I, I kind of, my, my initial impression that started happening is that someone finally realized that Weber has the accuracy of a loose fire hose. Um, and, and they said, okay, we need to try to actually score in the power play. Yeah, but you know the often? thing about a loose fire hose? That if it gets in your face, it hurts well, really yeah, that's bad. A, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> Like, you know, it's, it, it, it gets on target, but it's everywhere else. I mean, he, I think he's still the only person in history to miss the hardest shot, like a slap shot in the hardest shot contest. Doesn't matter, still one. Yeah. <laughs> I was so t- angry you know, that NBC didn't find me. I was sitting in the lower bowl and wearing a Weber jersey, and they didn't find me after he shot. Uh, I'm, I'm still bitter about that. I even told him where I was going to be sitting. Uh, it used to be under the speculation that NBC actually cares about hockey. Or cared. They don't care about Nashville. You know who, you know who cares about more about hockey than NBC? Apparently, Major League Baseball. More on that later. <laughs> More on that later. So, I just want to say that one of the the key center points center points of uh, our article, Josh Cooper's article, our response to Josh Cooper's article, Puck Daddy's article from Ryan Lambert, Puck Daddy's article, which was a response to our response, which agreed with us. Yeah, well, that was so cool. I mean, I, I'm not going to pump our own tires here, but I thought it was really cool, John, that we were able to kind of get kind of the whole family together on that one. I will pump anybody's tires. I mean. We have a lot of people with a lot of opinions. Makes for good writing. I was gonna, dude, Zeke. Zeke freaking like broke a bottle and like was was coming after people. I love it. Mild mannered Zeke. Anyhow. Yeah, you don't see a lot from the the dude that does you know twenty sentences and links during the day. That <laughs> <laughs> what, what he can actually talk in paragraphs. Dude, I love Zeke. All right. Um, I've been having a lot of fun just because I'm being bored at work. I I go on the uh, uh, Puckalytics sites and I'll go on like the hockey analysis sites and I've been playing around with Wowie numbers quite a bit. So for the last two years, guys like uh, James Myrtle, a lot of the real analytic-heavy guys, and even us here on the podcast, we were very big fans of Mark Giordano of the Calgary Flames. Uh, his numbers look great. I mean, he we, we all acknowledge that the Calgary Flames are not a great possession team. They just have not been able to hold on to the puck the last couple of years. But for some reason, when Weber, or pardon, with Giordano and Brody on the ice, the team plays a lot better, whereas opposed to Nashville – where Weber and Yossi are playing against the same tougher matchup that they are, they're not doing as well as the rest of the team is. Nashville as a whole is a positive possession team. With Weber and Yossi in the ice, it's not as, not as effective as, as the rest of the team. So what I did is a lot of, uh, a lot of numbers here. Um, true, Weber and Yossi together um, had more defensive zone starts than any other pairing. Uh, Roman Yossi especially had more uh, more defensive zone starts than any other player in the NHL. Uh, second to him was TJ Brody, but that's because Giordano got hurt in the middle of the year. But if you're going to talk about percentage-wise, uh, Giordano and Brody uh, started the time more in the defensive zone than Weber and Yossi. 
Um, if you're going to look at just the raw numbers here, relative to the team, now there's, for those who are not familiar with Corsi or shots attempted, it's literally anything that is uh, an unblocked um, unblocked shot attempt towards the net. Is that? Uh, uh, Corsi includes uh, block shots. Corsi includes, Fenwick, Fenwick is the doesn't one that include is not. The block shots. Not, so, not a whole lot of people use Fenwick anymore. Uh, what happened to that? Just one of those things that through trial and error, you decide that, hey, we're just going to switch. We're just going to lean toward this other metric. It's kind of right. what happened. Right. So comparing um, so comparing the attempts here, Weber and, and Yossi average, right, they're right about half, like right about 50% um, the amount of on-ice, when they're on the ice, uh, the attempts going towards their net as opposed to the other team's net. Relative to the team, though, that is actually less than the rest of the team, about 3.6 for Yossi and 2.3 for Weber. Below the rest, below the average for the rest of the team. Compare that to Giordano and Brody. Uh, they average. Um, let's look at Giordano's numbers, just because Giordano was got hurt. So Giordano, forty-eight percent of the time, which is an improvement against the rest of the team of five point eight percent. Now, Weber, uh, Weber and Yossi, uh, defend people who defend them will say that well, they took the more defensive zone starts. Weber and Yossi, we want to take a look at Yossi because he played a few more minutes. Uh, 555 offensive zone faceoffs, even strength. 667 defensive zone. Whereas Brody, 426 offensive zone, 641 defensive zone. That's because Calgary, again, was a garbage possession team. So <laughs> Calgary is starting in their own defensive zone more often. Um, I think you're going to jump in here because I've got like a ton of numbers here. I, yeah, I'm just letting you go. Okay, um, cool. I mean, I can add some, some just co- general comments on life in general, but... <laughs> All right. I just did it again. I did it earlier. I used general in the same sentence general twice. Comments. That's your new. That's that's your version of literally, like for me. Um, <laughs> now, uh, is it is that literally true? It is. It's probably true. Um, so if you're gonna break this down as far as like who, there's two variables that are gonna be missing with this. Number one is the eye test, which you can't substitute the eye test for anything. But I'm gonna just bypass no, the. No, eye you can't. Can you? You're gonna. Lo- I'm gonna now talk about who they're playing with and who they're playing against, just to kind of show you that. People will say that Weber's fancy stats may not be as great, but if you look at the underlying numbers, it may be a bit more, a bit closer than you think. If you look at, um, let's say, you want to use Giordano or Brody. Who do you want to compare him to? Oh, boy. Can I pick? I'll pick Brody. Brody. Brody played 1,574 minutes. Of the of that time, he spent about a, a third of that time with Monaghan, uh, Sean Monaghan, great young center. David Jones, good you know, middle line player. Lance Boma, who sneakily had 15 goals last year. Yuri Hoodler, who was one of the best centers in all of hockey last year. And Johnny Goudreau. Those are his five most frequent uh, uh, um, teammates. Uh, let's see, 453 minutes for Jones, 425 for Boma, 384 for Hoodler, 375 for uh, Johnny Goudreau. Weber, comparison, 1,496 minutes. So a little bit less because he missed a couple more games. Most often line mates. Uh, Mike Ribeiro, 423 minutes. Uh, Philip Forsberg, 411. James Neal, 380. Uh, Smith, 367. Wilson, 364. Paul Gostad, 360. So there really wasn't a... <laughs> Paul de- Gostad. There really wasn't a defensive specialist that Brody spent a lot of time with compared to Weber. Uh, that said, Mike Ribeiro is not the two-way center that even Sean Monahan is becoming. At the same time... When you know when Ribeiro's on the ice, he's starting on the offensive side of the offensive side of the puck more often than not. So, with that said, we're going to look at who they played against. And now, if we're going to be if we're comparing uh, Brody versus Weber um, against Jonathan Taves, 
Mark, uh, well, I cheated here, actually. I have a just Giordano, so just just use your magic. Because when Giordano's on the ice, Brody's on the ice. I mean, it's 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 the reality. I feel gypped and cheated. I feel wronged, I would say. You well, should. God. Well, uh, Norris nominee Mark Giordano versus <laughs> versus Andre Kopitar. Only played against him 33 minutes. There's not there's not a whole lot of sample size here, but Gio versus Kopitar, 33 minutes. How much, Corsi, do you think uh, four did Giordano have versus Kopitar? Well, there's a number between zero and 100. You want to you throw a guess out there? I know the answer. So go for it. I don't know the answer. 36%. Weber, 46%. Uh, Jonathan Taves, 26 minutes uh, for Giordano, um, 40%. Weber versus Taves, uh, 41 minutes, right at 40%, about the same. Now, a uh, quick question. Did sure. you, um, when you were pulling stats, were you, are these 5v5, are these all situations? These all, f- uh, even strength, 5-on-5. Five five. Okay. Uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 41 minutes for Giordano, 40%. For Weber, 36 minutes, 49%. Joe Pavelski. Uh, 44 minutes for Giordano at 47%. Weber, 27 minutes at 49%. So, I mean, one thing you can you can maybe take from this, and and obviously take you'd have to do a whole ton of analysis, is that um, which I kind of did across. Oh. Well, I don't have all this <laughs> stuff in front of me. Um, I don't don't hand me your paper. Uh, <laughs> you know, you could say that. Weber is a a better one-on-one shutdown defenseman. Now they have stats that show that um, Weber is is actually very is among the elite defensemen in uh, preventing quality scoring chances. And so a lot of those guys you listed are guys who generate quality scoring chances. Uh, I think you know of course Brody and and Giordano are also on that list. Um, and Yossi's on that list as well. Who's at, he's he's actually like number two, I think, was on that list. He's getting up there. Yeah. Uh, so you, you we're clearly comparing two of the absolute best defensive lines in the NHL, in in the Brody, Giordano, Weber, Weber, Yossi. But maybe Weber excels more at shutting down like individual leaders, like individual players in the team. He can just he sticks to them. He can muscle them around the ice. He can take advantage of his size and his strength. Um, whereas I, you know, potentially Giordano and Brody. They ha- their numbers far outstrip Weber and Yossi overall. Like their overall possession numbers, overall all play driving numbers. So collectively, they seem to be doing a better job against all competition versus individual shutdown roles. Which I'm wondering, it comes down to coaching styles and, and how teams are constructed. Because if the Predators are sending players out, Laviolette sending players out, saying, "Hey, shut down this guy, shut down this guy," very specifically. You know, that would make a lot of sense in that context. So, Lobby that's all about the matchup anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you've got Weber playing. Um, so so Brody and Giordano are going out there as a unit. as two guys with a goal and a mission. They play their game. They do what they're supposed to do, which is drive the puck up the ice. Weber and Yossi, it's very different because Yossi is thinking about, is playing the way that Giordano and Brody are. He wants to move the puck up the ice, get out of the zone, make the play. Weber, on the other hand, wants to shut down whoever he's in charge of shutting down. Which I think goes back to that kind of that thing I love to talk about, saying the the old school defenseman versus kind of the modern defenseman, where the old school defenseman is, is Weber, where you're shutting down players. So I'm wondering if maybe that's it. I don't have anything to support that. This is based off of what you've been talking about, uh, but it strikes me as, as maybe an interesting hypothesis. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, everything you said was definitely plausible over there. Just, but I wanted to say that like just that Weber's fancy stats aren't terrible. 
No, and people act like that, you know, oh, he's, he's just... Well, the second you say, hey, we should trade Shea Weber, they're like, he's still... I mean, he's... Yeah, we get it. We know he's a very, very good defenseman. That's not hard to prove and demonstrate. I think what's happened over the past couple of years is that... And Shea Weber became Shea Weber and became like a known quantity before, uh, you know, advanced stats and the whole revolution and that were very uh, widely accepted. So you had the media narrative of him, you know, he's the best defenseman in the National Hockey League. He's, you know, he's tough, he's gritty, he can block shots, he's got a super shot, he scores a lot of goals, he makes a lot of points, all that other stuff. So he became almost this overrated figure when he really shouldn't have been to where that now they're they're hitting him down a couple pegs. Rightly so, but I think now it's the fact that he was just so up there that mm-hmm. now they're trying to bring him down even farther than where he should be. Because, like you said, his advanced stats aren't as good as like someone like Giordano or someone like Brody overall. But that doesn't mean that they're terrible. He's it's, not a bad defenseman. But situationally, he may be better. Yeah, he's. I mean, yeah, he's put in very, very tough positions, and he does pretty well. Um, I, I think he's. I think what what hurts both uh, Weber and Yossi's numbers because I mean, do you think it course, course he ultimately does impact both players? I mean, it's it's. It has team influence, a lot of a lot of variables. Is Weber just doesn't? I mean, he can shoot the puck, he can turn the, he can get the puck turned over with his body, with with positioning, but he just doesn't move the puck up the ice. And that was in that article that uh, Sam Page wrote last year. It was he, a good article yeah, where he uh, compared uh, uh, Yossi and Suter and the breakouts for him and why maybe what Weber's doing does not translate very well into the analytics department. Well, it's also, I think it's a role reversal for him is because he used to be the puck carrier on that pairing with Suter and Weber. Because Suter used to hang back and watch his back. It was a much slower approach. Now Weber is watching Yossi's back. It may be a role reversal for him. Because for a defensive pairing, you have to have the guy who's roving, the guy who's carrying the attack to the opposition, and then you have the other guy sitting back and watching his back. Otherwise, why is Seth Jones paired now with Barrett Jackman? You got to have some opposites attract there. I mean, and that's why ultimately, you know, I'm not opposed to Laviolette mixing up the defensive pairings. I mean, who, who, you know, I'm a big fan of saying we need to play. We need to see Weber played less. We need to see Yossi played less. Um, I'd love to see Laviolette go out there and and mix things up a little bit. Move, you know, try some pairings in training, different pairings in training camp. And alleviate the pressure on that top pairing. I think you're going to see that. I, I don't think I'm not a fan of moving around the pairings and all that, but I do think with Barrett Jackman coming in, because Barrett Jackman's played some big minutes for the Blues over the years, he's going to allow Seth Jones to play play more minutes. Has a more much more secure pairing than. I mean, I love Anton Volchenkov. He seems like a really awesome guy, and uh, but you had no idea what you're going to get from him from night to night. Victor Bartley, you knew that he wasn't going to be great. So Barrett Jackman is like the prototypical lower-pairing defenseman in his 30s being brought in. It's like kind of like the um, crash, the catcher from Bull Durham, like nurturing the young <laughs> player. So, Well, that's what we hope. We, we kind of hope to see that with uh, Volchenkov. But, I mean, Barrett Jackman is at a similar age a much better defenseman than Volchenkov. And he's here for two years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, that's a perfect— That's, that's a, belief right there. Yeah, I— you you look at that term at a thirty three year old's gonna be thirty five at the end of the contract and you kinda you, you go you hiss a little bit. But at the same time he's you know, at thirty one, thirty two, thirty three, he's demonstrated a consistency that makes you feel a little bit more confident. Yeah, because I think uh nowadays we think that if there's a three in front of someone's age that oh no. But, you know, players can still be very, very much productive in, you know, their early thirties and even in their mid thirties too. 
have understood on that. Um, so, you I mean Barrett Jackman, Seth Jones? You're okay with that being the parent? I mean, how many minutes do you like? Do you think do you think do you think they're gonna land? How many are you comfortable with? How about that? I'd be comfortable with them eating low twenties. Low twenties? Yeah. I, I was gonna say like, you know, seventeen, eighteen minutes. Yeah, because if you're gonna have Weber and Yossi play uh, twenty-two a night, eighteen. 1819 for uh, what about for balancing? What about balancing them out a little bit, like kind of like what Link was saying? Instead of leaning I'll on, see them all play 20 yeah, minutes. On, instead of leaning on Yossi and Weber playing 25, 26 minutes a night, spread that time out because it's not like Nashville's defensive core can't handle that. No, but and I think with now with the maturity of Matias Ekholm that and with Ryan Ellis just being a smart friggin' hockey player. <laughs> uh, I think you can give them some uh, some tough draws and count on them to get out of it. So I just I just realized that the Predators' bottom pairing are Ellis and Ekholm, and that's insane. Are they the bottom pairing? Well, I mean, if you have the stardom of Jones and Bear Jackman, and, and Jones was kind of the de, de facto second pairing guy. That's I, a debate right there. And that's what happened last year because in the lineup combinations, Ellis and Ekholm were the third pairing. But they always played more minutes than uh, Volchenkov and Seth Jones or yeah, Seth I, I mean, Chankoff, I, as I like to say. I don't want to get too hung up on two, one, two, three. Um, I think that's I mean, a lot of us dissolving as, yeah. as lines become specialized, more and more specialized. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a big Matias Ekholm fan behind this microphone, so I'm, oh, I'm a, a little huge fan. I, I'm still devastated he dropped, be, uh, he stopped being number forty-two. That was perfect. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about the NHL's uh, new distribution deal with MLB AM. Uh, we're going to rank the general managers, or are we? Maybe doing some all different. And five tough questions on the other side of this. You're listening to the Predcast, brought to you by Lionzone Internet Marketing Solutions. These days, you need a partner current and latest website design standards. One that also provides quality support services like hosting, email, e-commerce, CMS, and more. And you need a partner experienced in online branding and marketing like social media, search engine marketing, rich media, and email marketing. You need a partner that knows how to market your company in today's age of advertising. You need LionZone. Their professional staff and partners have the know-how, creativity, and experience to help you reach your marketing goals. Contact them today for a free consultation at 615-353-0402. That number again is 615-353-0402. Or you can reach them on their website at www.lionzone.com. Lionzone, Nashville's leading internet marketing agency since So some news broke along the wire today, and uh, first off, none of us like paying for cable or paying for internet. I mean, we, we, we don't like doing that when we don't have to. So anytime that a little less power goes away from the cable company, that's great, right? Screw Comcast. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> be careful. Ed Snyder's going to reach through that earphone and just like, you know. He doesn't have the strength to do that anymore. He's listening right now. You know, he got like a Lifetime Achievement Award today. For what? I don't even remember. I just saw that Ed Snyder. I think it was actually in sports or something. For running an entire organization for however many years that has never helped a single customer once. That's dedication right there. 
Well, the NHL has signed a deal with uh, MLB AM, which is the uh, company that uh, helps the MLB, the Major League Baseball stream. And they've been, they, they went from a plucky upstart that, quote, looked like a, uh, their first streaming product looked like a flip book to now MLB has the best streaming service that there is. And they also do HBO Go, HBO Now, WWE. Um, what What are you looking like? No, I was going to say the same thing. Ah, I beat you to ah. it. Um, ESPN Watch, they do that as well. Um, so That's a good service. Yeah, they're like they're huge into all the streaming right now, and it's not like crappy, crappy mediums that they're doing. Oh, no, no. All of those are awesome. Like HBO Go is awesome. Haven't used it yet. Um, I I used to uh, when I used to live by myself, I would um, I would actually pop up some uh, HBO like watch old boxing like stuff from like the year like the you prior year. Would. Yeah. Oh yeah. It would, could, but it would always come through just like perfectly on my iPad. Um, how this is going to affect your beloved hockey team? Well, it's technically this could this could be hockey related revenue, right? And it's John, supposed to be about two point five million a year. Yeah, which is just enough for Chicago to get underneath the cap. Yeah, but we're not going to talk about that. No, we're not going to talk about. Um, Where did this two point five million dollars come from? What you, should I do with it? Do I don't any know. Do you guys use MLB TV? Um, I don't know what baseball is. What's baseball? Baseball is a sport. Okay, is so that they play with a stick and a ball. I thought baseball was where you go to get like some like stadium food and have some drinks. It's that too. That's minor league baseball. I don't differentiate. You know that one time Philadelphia won something in the two thousands. It was baseball. Was the Phillies. Yeah, I know because everyone in my family has stickers in the back of their cars. Yeah, there you go. Um, stickers and tears, stickers and tears, guys. So what what else do we know about it? Know about uh, MLB? Do you uh, do you stream MLB? TV? Yeah, I do, I do. I use it to watch uh, the Nationals. Um, I'm not sure if this is uh, just with my internet service because we run about 90 megs down um, consistently, and there's still a lot of like lags and stuff on it. Um, but who do, you, who do you get 90 megs from? Comcast. What what service? Do, what version do you have? Uh, I don't I don't that's, know. That's that's crazy. Yeah, because we started. Uh, we were paying for 50, and then all of a sudden, like when Google Fiber was putting in their stuff, we jumped up to oh, 90. They boosted my. Oh yeah, because they boosted mine to 75, yeah. but it was running hot. Yeah, so that. we're paying for 50, but we're getting 90, uh, like yeah. consistently, which is okay. Anyway, I digress. So I use MLB TV just about every day, um, just because I watch my baseball games on it. Um, Pretty good service. Um, it does skip and lag every once in a while. Um, again, I can't confirm whether or not that's just my internet service. How would you compare it to Game Center? Uh, it's got a lot more features than Game Center does. The layout is a lot better, I think, especially because I use it on both Apple TV and Xbox 360. Um, the layout is much, much, much better than Game Center. It's not nearly as far behind in lag as Game Center is because I was talking about this with one of my roommates today. Like, Last season when I was watching a game on uh, Game Center, because I don't have cable. I don't, I don't pay for any of that crap. Um, I would watch my games, like the Predators games, through my computer, and I'd be paying attention to Twitter too. And someone would say, hey, someone just scored a goal. And I'd be like, okay, cool, I'm waiting for this goal. And then it would go to commercial. So it would come back from it, and then about like 20 seconds later, then the goal would be scored. Like That's how far behind the Game Center live lag was. And there's nothing along the lines of features or anything that goes like, yeah, you can pick the home and away feed on GCL. Um, but like with MLB TV, you can look at the pitches, you can look at the analytics on there. You can see like if a batter's up, you can decide uh, if they wants to show you where they're hitting, like their heat map, where they're successful, where the pitcher is throwing correctly, um, things like that. So, you know, I don't know if a lot of people are really into that sort of thing, but at least the functionality on it is is pretty good. Can't you sync uh, radio broadcast with the uh, with the TV cast? I 
don't know. I've actually never tried I've that heard before. This. I know that a lot of um, a lot of like your old because baseball. No offense to baseball fans, but a lot of you are old curmudgeons who want to hear your radio announcers, and it's a big deal for Nashville because Pete Weber's moving to radio. Mm-hmm. I will actually go ahead and uh, I'll try that if the game's still on when I get home. I'll give that a shot tonight, or I'll give it a ch- try. Because I don't know if the Nats have like a uh, radio guy. The radio guys are I, awesome. I, okay. I do think though it will sing with Dark Side of the Moon if you try it. So give Maybe that a shot. Maybe play it yeah. backwards. Okay. I didn't. I'm it wasn't. Sorry. I, it, my I, joke wasn't funny enough. You, I, you you tacked yourself onto an end of a bad, unfunny joke, so it's really my fault. He was. He even had something. I didn't even have anything. You caught me off guard, and I just could not. I was not witty enough to think. We had, we just had a, we just had a joke train wreck. It's okay, yeah, everybody. Well, one thing that's not going to be a train wreck, <laughs> or it may turn into one. Um, last summer, uh, Chris, Link, and I we ranked the uh, top general managers of the league. It was a lot of fun. I remember David Poyle uh, got his card got thrown down to the floor. It was a lot of fun. Oh, did I everybody. do something dramatic? Yeah, you did, and you also made fun of Don Maloney's hair. Um, sounds like me. I, I can't I yeah. can't remember, but it sounds like me. Today's going to be a different challenge. Um, so in front of us, and for those playing along at home, there's no video. There is a stack of index cards. <laughs> I hate cards. to break it to you, but there's no video, everybody. We're not going to periscope three this years. crap. Um, hey. I mean, I could right we, now. We could do that. But we're not going to. Um, this is a <laughs> it's a stack of index cards with every general manager or, de- quote, decision maker of the team. So the challenge is I want you to three to put in, I want you to sort these into three categories. Your top category middle category and bottom category of wait the, so are you expecting the people at home to make no, their own flashcards i'm right expecting now? you people to make them and narrate them as you go along because that's how we typically do this so we have to agree on the flashcards yeah you're your functioning unit you two need to work together make uh, you trust create exercise. your top 10 create your bottom 10 and create whatever you have in the middle wait like right now right now oh man yeah, we have to do it quickly, and we have to keep dialogue going through the entire course, and we can't yeah, take that long. I don't know. This is this is too much work for well, me. Well, no, it's, it's it's okay. We can get okay. Link has this. been here before. He's got the experience. Here, why don't you handle the cards, and I'll just yeah, talk some witty, witty things. Okay, so I think the first thing we do, we obviously have to do our first impressions of who's in the top, middle, bottom. Mm-hmm. I think we can say the Lombardi from the Kings is probably in the top. Despite the legal troubles, he seems to have that the, the entire the, the Kings organization is caught up in what? They have like three different players being sued for various reasons. Well, one in jail at this point. But and one that they terminated completely off the team. And one facing drug charges. Mm-hmm. It's pretty gross, but he's still one of the better. He's probably in, in the top half. So he was our number one last okay. time. This is going to be our pile for the for the guy, for the the top. Now, yeah. and, 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 and Okay, so next, the next one we're talking about, we got Hextall. Uh, Hextall has done, has done a phenomenal job slowly turning his team around. He's in his second year. He's been drafting aggressively to improve the team. He knows the team is not going to be good this year. Everyone knows the team is not going to be good this year. But what he's building, he's going to have on his team one of the best defensive cores in the NHL within the next three years. Is that enough to put him in the top? I think, or are you putting him I in think the middle he's right now? going to be near the top of the middle category. Because okay. you know what? I may be a Flyers fan, but I'm also reasonable, which sounds like a contradiction, but it's, it's it happens. It is a contradiction. It's not. Calm yourself, Capitals fan. Uh, Speaking of, no, I don't. Did it, the Ducks? Ah, damn it! These are in random order. Uh, These are in random order. Again, I 
you know, I have a tough time here because I I would go middle, middle just because, because he can't seem to fix the problems with the Kessler team. contract. No, and nope. there was the Kessler contract. There was a whole leaving Bruce Boudreaux and the yeah. dark thing this summer. Uh, and there's a whole thing. I was uh, actually listening to uh, Boomer Gordon on SiriusXM. They were actually doing their Ducks preview. I did not know that Murray made 12 different trades this season alone. 12. Wow. They were going for it last year. Yeah. <laughs> they go and for I mean, it every they're, year. They're still, they're still set up for yeah. the most part within, you know, next year, the year after that, especially the, the defenders get a little bit better. But I just wouldn't feel comfortable putting him up on the top right now. I would say that he's solidly in the middle category. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. So we have uh, Mr. Maloney with the Coyotes, who's an interesting, interesting case because he drafts really well, but we all know he's set up to not be successful just because he doesn't have a lot of money to play with. He's not enabled to go out and buy players. So, I mean, he does really well with what he's got, but he doesn't have a lot. Uh, but look at the players that he got recently. Yeah. You know, they, they drafted, they've been drafting relatively well. They've been, uh, I mean, they got Anthony Duclair from the Rangers and that, that trade that's looking Yandel. like a steal now. So are we putting him top or are we putting I, him high middle? Know, I think for, you know, it's confusing because his team is usually crap, but he does he does a great job with what he can do. We can put him bottom so, high for right now. Yeah, I want to put him high because yeah. I don't want this to be... Just a ranking of who's been who's been successful relative to other successful successful guys. Wow, I had trouble with that word. Uh, I wanted to be GMs who actually do a good job. Yeah. Um. And and a GM doing doing a good job doesn't always translate to success in the ice. Yeah. I'm I'm cool with that. Oh, here's an interesting one. Mr. Wilson with the Sharks. Boo. He, Boo. Yeah. That's an easy one. They put him in the uh, bottom category. Yeah. I just. No explanation needed. The Sharks well, no, have lost I, their minds. Yeah, the, he went kind of crazy. He's starting to recover, but he has to make he has to demonstrate he's truly reformed him from his madness from last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm not I'm not so high on that Pete DeBoer hiring. I'm no. gonna I'm gonna be honest. I'm not. No. Yeah, he fired it, a good it, coach. It may weird. not be the worst thing for them, but I don't think it's I don't all like that the great Miami for trade them either. For, for my, you know, I'm, I'm that's like the either. that's. When we get uh, to Jim Neal, though, Niami, yeah. don't talk. Don't talk about my favorite goaltender in the entire like world. <laughs> he's the best. Uh, he's the perfect goaltender. Um, Chuck Fletcher of the Wild. Yes, I, I can read. You stared at it for a while. My handwriting does suck. No, it's easy to read. It says Wild Fletcher, which I don't think he, I don't think he's terribly like Crazy. party man, is he? I don't know. Here's the thing about the Wild. I know they exist, but I try not to think about them. Uh, I struggle with that when I try to analyze the team. One of the things that I think about is, so you look at the people that they brought in as free agents, Zach Parise, uh, Ryan Suter, Thomas Vanek. You look at what they're doing right now and what's going to happen in the next couple of years. I don't think that they're Here's, set up very well in the next couple gonna, years. I'm going to bring a little bit of hot take right here in the wild. Um, I, th- I don't think they're built very well. I think they have a lot of talent. I don't think they're built well because when you look at their structure of their team, who's their top-line center? Miko Koivu is a decent center, but he's more of a defen- like a defensive number two center. If it was five years ago, it'd be like, yeah, Miko Koivu, not now. No, so you're looking essentially as a more boring defensive version of the Nashville Predators. Could the Wild get more boring? I don't know. They've taken that title from Nashville, and they've just ran with it. I watched more Wild games last year than... I ever have in my life. I don't remember any of them. They all ran together. I I 
Yeah, I can't even think. I mean, about I like Vladimir Klitschko one. as a fighter, but I don't remember anything special he's done other than like him fighting Lennox Lewis. And that's what the Minnesota Wild are. They're Vladimir Klitschko. They're just gonna stand in the middle of the ring and jab you to death. <laughs> that's it. So we put Chuck Fletcher in the bottom. Yeah. All right. That's, okay. Just as a point out, last year, top category. Last year, Don Maloney. Carry on. Carry on. Well, I wasn't well, here last year. I get, we, we have we've got a better combination of minds this year than last year. Oh, uh, yeah. Those if, are not my if, words. Yeah, if Chris is listening to this, he knows I'm just joking with him, but he's not listening. He's not listening. He's got important things to do. So next we have Mr. Jim Neal of the Stars. You know what? I would actually say, like, I don't know if I would say that I'd put him in the top, but I definitely would not put him in the bottom because he went out and he got um, a couple years ago, you know, he got his Sagan, he got everything like that. I'm not sold on going to get Patrick Sharp. I'm not sold on trying to get Johnny Oduya, who apparently now is a great defenseman now that he's playing in, in Dallas, even though he was a bottom feeder in Chicago of all places. I have no idea what they're doing with the with the goaltending situation, and now I'm just talking myself into putting this lower and lower. I think, but I think for the for if we are these supposed, the, to be, are these if, supposed to be evenly distributed or anything like that. Again, the, the question was, what are the best run franchises in the NHL? And right now, I'd say the stars are pretty well run, but partially because Joe Newendike knew what he was doing drafting. Look at the prospects they have. They're pretty good. So would it be fair to put the stars in the middle of the category? Because I, I don't think that they're well or they're too terribly off. No. Because I thought I honestly I was drinking the Kool Aid last year. Um, I thought that they Everyone were going to get was. in the. I thought they were going to get in the playoffs. I think that they can challenge for a playoff spot again this year. You mean they didn't? Win? Wait, wait. I thought they won the cup last year. No. Did they not? They don't give out the Stanley Cup in August and September, do they? No. I must be thinking about a different trophy. Huh. I'm making I'm, a I'm, joke. Okay. I'm yeah. just pulling yeah. it up here. Yeah. The stars were not, yeah. yeah. All of us had the stars uh, get, taking number three in the Central last year. So, carry on. Well, here we now we've got an easy one. You ready for an easy one? Sure. Sweeney from the Bruins. Boom. He's in the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, are we talking about like recently run, or are we talking about just overall run? Well, right now the, the Bruins are not a well-run team. The Sweeney is just the uh, the figurehead who's yeah. not making. The well, decisions. and I would, and I, I guess I asked that question without even really thinking about it because if you think about the cap hell that they're in right now, that was poorly managed. They're and in a then, living nightmare. And now. then what they did after that, and Sweeney was saying, "Oh, we need to get out of this cap hit. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do," and he goes and gets Zach Ronaldo. Thank you, Sweeney. All Flyers fandom thanks you for taking away Ronaldo. A, a mid-round pick. For, oh. if we have, for something that could actually turn into a grinder someday. Um, now we have the ca- Capioles, apparently. The Capioles. Uh, McClellan. McClellan? McClellan. Uh, you guys are looking at me like you think I've got something you're, to you're say. You're the expert on this, right? Yeah. Um, I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll take an impartial view of this real quick. Go for it. He brought in two very strong possession players in TJ Oshie and in Justin Williams. GT Oshie was beside David Backus taking all the hard draws for St. Louis for the last few years. His numbers aren't going to blow you away, but he's going to be playing beside um, either Nicholas Backstrom or who's going to be the Capitals' second-line center this upcoming Kuznetsov, year? Kuznetsov, right, Kuznetsov, as of right now. Exactly. So... He's going to either add some maturity onto the second line, or he's just going to pick people apart on the top line. So he also signed Brooks Orpik to five point five for that. That's the here's, downside. Well, here's what I'm thinking though: is because uh, when George McPhee left, 
he basically left that organization just kind of scrambling because he was doing everything just to try and save his job. I'm not going to get into the Erat Forsberg trade. I know that that was about to come out of your mouth. We're just no, actually no, that it wasn't. I was going to say he was going to firing coaches left and right. Yeah, we're we're just going to leave that away alone for a little bit. But so George McPhee exits. Uh, McClellan comes in. He hires Barry Trotz. Pretty much one of the only things that he could do since Peter Laviolette was already hired at that point. Um, he goes and he says, I am going to revamp the defense. And what he does is he goes get gets Brooks Orpik and Matt Niskin in. And I don't care what you say, Brooks Orpik's contract is awful. But he played very well last year considering what he was brought in to do. Um, considering he's Brooks Orpik, that was not a bad season. Give, given all the, yeah, if we, if we add in enough caveats and asterisks, he had a great year. I wouldn't even say great. I'd just say good. He was brought in what he was supposed to do. Um, this year he says, okay, we're going to update and upgrade our right wing. Goes out and gets Justin Williams and TJ Oshie, which, I mean, if you told me that those guys were going to be on the team even right before free agency started, At I would not. At the cost of Troy Brower. Troy Brower and $3.5 million for a cap hit. Yeah. Boom. They also did give up Phoenix Copley, but uh, that's a different situation it's right great there. great name, though. Solid name. Yeah, and even it's spelled Fe- wrong. It's yeah. Phoenix, not Phoenix. Anyway, so we're doing on Brian McClellan. I would say I'm trying not to be um, a homer right now. I would put him in the middle run well, category right I mean, now. I the think Capitals, for the d- description okay. you've given, he might be in, in the lower end of the top side. You think sounds so? Like, well, I mean, for well, your description, again, the question, like, though, is about the Capitals. Are they one of the best run organizations right I now? I think they're definitely yeah. one of the better run. I mean, they're not struggling with cap issues. I mean, they're right, they, they're right at the you top. You two are the perfect people to ask this question to. What about their farm system? Anyway, therefore, well, I don't, oh yeah, the Hershey Bears. Yeah, I don't. I just watch the games. I don't like analyze them. They're okay. They're not as well off as they were a couple years ago. Their defense, well, their defense, the Capitals haven't been terrible in a while. Their defense is a little bit suspect, but they've got like Jacob Rana, uh, who was drafted not too far uh, behind uh, Kevin Fiala, is uh, waiting there too. They've got a. Uh, um, Madison Bowie is their huge, huge uh, defensive prospect. Who's in net for them now? Uh, and uh, and Hershey? Yeah. Well, theoretically, it's Grubauer, but he's going to be backing up Holtby this year. So it's actually going to be Justin Peters and Dan Ellis in Ooh, Hershey this year. That's, Ooh, wow. Carolina. Oh, man. Hopefully I get to go to a Bears game this year. They have the, they I have the see Carolina Hurricanes uh, backup goaltenders from two seasons ago. Yeah. Oh, you don't know? I, I grew, I, I, my first hockey game was a Hershey Bears game. Yeah, we talked about this not I too long we, ago. Yeah, because you're oh, talking about God. Alexander Giroux. Oh, yeah. My number, one, my number one HL player, Alexander Drew. Love watching him play. So, and one of the things that trying to get this, too, is we forget about all the other cards that are still in your little pile over here. So maybe we might be yeah, trying to... We'll, we'll see if you're holding well, it. We, we'll see. We can, of it. we can still shuffle we'll move these them around. around. We'll put yeah, this at the gonna, bottom yeah, end of we're gonna, the... We're going uh, to have to start hauling through these. Oh, yeah. We're taking a long time. All right. Kekalainen, I'm going to put him in the middle because at first he was the chosen one, but then he started signing guys to, stupid con- to, to, to slightly stupid contracts. And then trading for more stupid contracts. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I'd, I'd be willing to be argued down to the lower end, but I'm gonna, I want to put him in like the we, middle. We can put him in the middle for right now. I'm cool with that because I mean, Clarkson. Yeah. Clarkson puts you down a couple Just spots. Writing checks to Brandon Dubinsky. The Rangers apparently are man are, are managed by Gordon, who I'm assuming is some of what Gordon. That's what that says? Yes. G-O-R-T-O-N. Now, I, I, I do want to... Uh, it's not his handwriting. It just appears that he was writing something else and started rewriting a new name. Yeah, because it's... So I got a little confused. Kinda, so it's kinda, not his handwriting. You thought that Slayther was still... Uh... No. No, I actually had uh, actually had the O and the R messed up. Groton? Gorton. Yeah, so what do you <laughs> think about this guy? 
Uh, what team is it? Rangers. Rangers. So right now um, the Rangers, how, where where are they as far as the best I mean, run franchise? They're, they're, I think they're just they're just a solid, well-run franchise. Let's I mean, say they're still in the front office, but Gordon's now the decision maker. I mean, I think it's fine leaving him, putting him in the top because the team it, it, they they put in a consistent effort. They're always they've been competitive lately. They're not doing anything out of their minds. When they do trade away a player of note, they're they're really getting they're trying to get something in return. And you may not like everything, but it's it's an eye towards sustainability. And they've been consistently winning in the playoffs for the past couple seasons. They haven't gotten up that hurdle yet. Um, they haven't won the cup, but it does take a very well run franchise to get to that point over and over and over and over again. The big the best thing I like about the New York Rangers roster is aside from Rick Nash. What's and well, I mean right now? Well, I guess you could say Keith Handel now too, but no one's getting paid stupid money. I mean, Derek Broussard's got a very reasonable cap hit for a top line center. Well, Stepan now is making. 6. Derek Stepan's got a very reasonable cap hit for a top six center as well, especially when we look at his numbers. Um, that's not a very bad run team. Their better days are coming up now. They do have RFA hell next year, and they do have issues in in who's going to be the next goaltender for the franchise. Yeah, now that they traded away Talbot. Oh, don't worry, it'll be Magnus Talbot. Helberg. Yeah, Talbot really, yeah, Talbot was the future of the team. Look, he's the future of the Oilers. Watch Magnus Helberg. He'll be, he'll be goaltending there in a couple years. Watch. Uh, Snow from the Islanders. Ooh, we're talking about a guy who's Snow. improved his stock. He, yeah, I mean, he's done, he's, he took, he, he, the franchise was a mess, and he's gotten it pointed in the right direction. He didn't make the mess, partially, well, but... Uh, well, he's in a, I mean, you could make the mess and then never be around to clean it up. But so Nicolet, that Nicoletti trade is looking so smart. Yeah, I, he did a good job the past couple of years, and, and I think it's hard to judge him now because this second season after a successful year is going to be the real measure, and it's really hard to say what's going to happen. So I'm, I'm a little unsure about where to rank him just because I don't know what he's doing yet. I think I kind of, kind of want to put him in the top, but at the same time, same thing is that organization was just I don't ridiculous think, for so long. I think that it's not easily ten better general managers. I, w- I would ten agree better with that. So, and that's what I was going to get into is because, like you said, you don't know where they're going for right now. Let's put it you need to wait and see. Let's put it behind Hextall for now. What we got? Damn straight, you went behind Hextall. Give it here. <laughs> That's Jets. a Jets. That's Shevel Dayoff. That's not even hard to read, man. Look at that. No, I, it's not that I couldn't read it. I just didn't know how to pronounce it properly. I didn't want to disrespect him. Not you. I'm not criticizing you. If I was gonna, if I was criticizing you, you know I would do it to your face. That's true. Shevel Dayoff, third category. Any debates? No. Okay. I, he's, let's yeah. face it. I mean, he's. But what have the Jets done, other than not being able to hold on to guys like Michael Froelich? Uh They've drafted well with guys like Shifley, but um, I can't wait till they trade away all their assets because all their assets want to leave and actually try to be competitive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, they have the Predators are finally going to get Andrew Ladd. Hooray! <laughs> At this point, I, um, yeah, not a great deal. The Predators excel in getting players that they want immediately after their prime. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> we signed Matt Cullen, everybody. Who knew it was the 1930s? Amazing. Uh, Rutherford. For the Penguins. So For the Penguins, who I think, I mean, maybe we're biased, John? We don't like Jim Rutherford. No. Um, I think he's done a, I don't think he did a great job in Carolina. I don't think he's done a great job in Pittsburgh. And you can argue that Carolina was I an easier he, situation than Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh has two more top-heavy contracts to build around. And that roster, there was not a whole lot of just And now they're even more top-heavy. Yeah. 
not that that's a bad thing, and I guess we'll get into that when we start doing uh, uh, previews and like talking about things in the next couple weeks. But I don't know, man. I penguins are just. I mean, they they don't want to address the elephant in the room that is the flurry contract. I mean, Flurry's a good goaltender, but that's mm. a, and they could still be good, but they're just their depth mm. is so bad. They had five NHL defensemen at one point last year. It was bad. Do you know that? that? Uh, sorry, kind of segueing, and I hope the Canucks are the next person in your card. Are they, they? are. Yeah! I was actually just going to talk what about the... What are the Canucks the, uh, doing? I don't know, because I, I was talking about the doing. Sutter trade. You know Nick Spalling played better than uh, Brandon Sutter last year? Nick Spalling. You want to talk about it, the Predators winning an anal- winning a trade from an analytics point of view? Yeah. The, the Neil trade looking, is looking better and better. <laughs> No so so we're skipping the Canucks. They're down at the bottom. Oh, we're going yeah. on to the next one. Uh, cool. We have the Leafs with Lou and Brendan Shanahan. Now the Leafs have... That's an interesting this, circumstance. This is odd because if it was just Shanahan, I'd be like... Well, I, honestly, I don't think we can judge uh, Lou Lamorello quite yet because he, he hasn't, hasn't done, done anything. anything. He's no. just been so, hired. I mean, just Shanahan, I think he's doing all the right moves. But they lost... I mean, the, the Kessel trade could have been a lot better. Well, but, you know... If they were really wanting to trade Castle, they should have done it a year or two ago. Should have done the deadline this uh, year. Yeah, they the reason they got the poor returns when they made the trade, they did it. They they're basically they're not selling low per se, but they certainly missed his peak. But missing the prime opportunity to trade a superstar player, it does go into running an organization because you need to know when you need to sell, you need to know when you need to hold on, and they. I mean, I think everyone was underwhelmed with what they got back. Well, Toronto also believes they're going to be a destination franchise for a free agent. And, I mean, whether we want to admit it or not, at the time, David Clarkson was a pretty big fish for them to reel in. Now, we knew he sucked, but the reality was <laughs> is that a lot of teams wanted to pay David Clarkson for his services. And Toronto what actually... What does that say to all, about all those teams? I don't know, but... You well, see, well, the thing you do have to like is that the Maple Leafs actually hire the guy who refused to pay David Clarkson. <laughs> I mean, it's, just, it's, it's the strangest thing in the world where you have these instances where you look and you say, this guy is a GM of an NHL team. He does these incredibly stupid things, gets fired, gets hired somewhere else. How can no one else be a GM? Why, why, like, why can't I be a GM of a hockey team? Well, it's because, one, you haven't put in the hours and hours and hours and hours of work. Two, you didn't play hockey, or you didn't play hockey at a high enough level where you qualify you for the, the club. Name. Yeah, you don't you don't qualify for the club. Um, it, you know, it's one of those things. There's a lot of weird luck that it's just bizarre that people who are just clearly unqualified for something are allowed to do it just because they, they did another related activity for long enough to qualify. So what is Dave Notice doing right now? He's in um, winning he San, in San Jose. Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, he's in San Jose. Stanley oh. Cup winning, David. Nonis. Jeez. All right. So where, where are we putting Lou in the Leafs? Oh, I had no idea what's going on. Why? I think it's still oh. a little bit too early to tell well, with them as well. The Leafs right now. Do we know how well? I mean, how well do you think they're run? I mean, when you consider that the trade they made. See, the here's the thing. Back, the Leafs back, run themselves. I think that they were doing a just fine job until the Kessel trade, and then I kind of don't know what's going on. So I would be fine with putting them uh, in the middle. Really? I guess. I don't know. I'd put them behind the Blue Jackets. I'll tell you that. Would you? Yeah. Because at least when the Blue Jackets traded their superstar player, they got NHL players. And, and 
Some they didn't have to. Did, they, did Blue Jackets have to retain the, salary on Rick Nash? Um, nope. They also quick, didn't get a lottery protected pick back for that. So, so dumb. I will. I will say I, the Leafs weren't trading for NHL players. They were trading no. for elite. They were trading they know trying to they're for higher be prospects. Bad next yeah. year. They weren't. They said, uh, yeah, the, the return they got was what they actually wanted. And that's that's the interesting thing is people say they lost the trade, but I think they traded for what they wanted. They wanted to get the cap space out of there too, that way so they can yeah. try to lower so Stamkos they, yeah. and Tavares. So, and. so it, from a business sense, the trade made more sense than from a from a fan sense, and so that's why I don't ping them that hard because they weren't trade. They weren't trying to make a blockbuster trade. They were trying to trade their most. God, I, and please forgive me. Their most tradable asset, as I keep saying, trade over and over again for things that are going to help them in the future and build an actual winning franchise. I'm so if this is in the middle. Stop me when I get close. Why am I fighting for the Leafs? I, don't, I, I would have. I really. I I have like no. I would have put them behind. Sense of where these are. I would have put them close where the Blue Jackets are. I, just leave them right I think there. they're ahead of the Ducks. Ultimately, these are uh, no, uh, flashcards, and it doesn't matter. Exactly. Yeah, Blues and Armstrong. I, the Blues are. Idiots, and if you asked me nothing. last year, I would have put them into this here. category. But this, but this year, I think they're just. I think the Blues are the they worst. They refused to. Hi- they refused to fire Ken Hitchcock. Mm-hmm. They, um, I mean, David Backus is entering in the last year of his contract, and I may be like the last David Backus fan on earth, but I like David Backus. Um, Tarasenko got paid. I get that. I just feel like the Blues are. I've shortened their window. As far as when they're going to be, when they're fully competitive, and when they're making a run for the title, I so think they still may, don't know what they're doing with their goaltenders. They don't know what they're doing with their. I mean, both their goaltenders sound like they're you know country singers with, with two first names plus their hearts. There's a joke in there somewhere. Um, he just made it. Yeah. Um, I'd put them in somewhere about the middle of the pack because even I, I still think there's there's another one two three four. I think there's another six general managers better than Armstrong, but I think he's I, better than Hextall, better than Snow. I a lot of these guys. I totally disagree. Um, I think he's better. You think okay. So. I think I mean he's definitely below Hexel, definitely below Snow. I think I think uh, Murray. The, I think uh, Shanahan's too low on the list as is. So I think he's below Shanahan personally. Okay. Um, where would you put? Where would you put? The, I'd put him. Um, I'd put him. Below, I'd just put him at the bottom. Both of that. Them? The Blues. You'd put at the bottom. Well, I, yeah. I just no. I I put them right below because Kekaline and he's just like, he's supposed to be the chosen one. He's just like I'm going to sign contracts to everybody. I'm okay with that. Money? I, I convert everything in, into in, into Finnish money. What is what's happening? <laughs> I'm just a simple I'm just a simple Finn. Your word frightens me. I don't understand. Put how how many how many saunas is this player worth? Put it in put it in a, a, a denomination <laughs> I understand. <laughs> the Canadians and I Bergeron. Bergeron. There we go. Bergeron. Bergeron. Bergevin. Bergevin. Ber- I think that says Berger wins. So I don't think I know where you want that to go. Does it not say Berger win? There's a there's an I in there. I see Berger win. Bev Queen. <laughs> I see Bev Queen. See see Bev I Queen. can see Bev Queen too, but I see Bird Burge win. <laughs> Sitting over there simmering. <laughs> um so we, hey, without Chris Rowland, we have to we have to really aggravate him. I would want to put him low because you look at the Montreal Canadiens and you see Carey Price and Friends. what else? Yeah, <laughs> yeah Max <laughs> Pacioretty. Yeah, you see, Patches is good. Uh, Galchenyuk looks that he like he's good, but Again, Michelle Darian does yeah, not I trust mean, him. It doesn't look like it's gonna anything's gonna happen. Exactly, there. they're gonna ride into the play. You know, they're gonna ride into the playoffs this year with Thomas Placanich as their top line center. I, it's still a Thomas team Placanich being. Oh, sorry, is ahead. like a turtleneck wearing like less talented Mike Fisher. 
and he's just gonna keep signing and and paying people who have French names, which is not a way to run a business. I would definitely put him behind Chuck Fletcher of the Wild. I, I think you can you can probably put him down near the bottom, like uh, maybe above Sweeney, because yeah. Sweeney's like mentally imploded. Pretty much. Okay. Wait. Yeah. So are we saying that uh, Rutherford's worse than Sweeney right now? I think so. I don't know if I would buy that. Well, he did he did fleece Toronto. I again. I don't think this. I don't. I think that they got exactly what they wanted out of the deal. I'm putting the people I'm, like I'm putting Sweeney up. right down here. No, I don't yeah, think. Any, okay, so Sweeney's right now our anchor right now. He's, he's at the bottom. All right, and that's saying something. You're welcome, Penguins fans and Canucks fans. Uh, Murray and the Senators. Ooh. They're just sort of they're they're just sort of hanging out, they're being like good. we're gonna be good someday. They're just good. They're not great. They're just good. Yeah, they're I, pr- uh, honestly, I don't really buy that. You look at what they did last year, and they got a hot streak. Like a crazy hot streak. They're in a long rebuild. I'm, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Senators. They're not the worst team, but as a franchise, do you like their direction they're going? Though I, I, I will say, I think the way we're ranking these, I think Hexels can get bumped up to the top. It's gonna happen. Uh, I believe. Uh, let's go and get it out of the way so we have some more room. Yeah. It's temporary, but we'll, we'll it's see. It's not temporary in my heart, right. Dan. Murray would go behind so, Snow. Wh- wait, are, are we putting him that high up? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. Um. I can say that we could probably put him below right there. So below Jim Nill the stars. Yeah, because okay. again, like they've got some young players, but again, like I don't I don't necessarily think that they're in a heading in a bad direction, but I also don't see them heading in the oh yeah, this is they're in a good direction. Matter of time. Yeah. Play on the parade. All right. Next. Ken Holland, Detroit Red Wings. I love when I remember their first name. I feel so proud. Ooh, the Red Wings. If you had asked us last year, I would have put him in the top ten, but the question is, do you think that Ken Holland is a necromancer? If the answer is yes, he's got to be in the top. <laughs> he's if the answer is one. no, then he's going to be kind of middle-ish, middle-bottom-ish. We Brad Richards and Mike Green. How would they like our chances this year? <laughs> is Detroit moped friendly? Uh, well, there's no... Considering st- that you're never going to hit anyone if you go no, on the streets of but, Detroit, but, I think so. But the streetlights don't work. You have also to watch out for the, the, the you know... Giant beast the wandering plight. the wasteland. The, the plight? The blight, sorry. The blight, oh yeah. Rad roaches and... Blight's implying stuff's growing there. Yeah, um, and... Sorry, I've been playing Fallout 3, so that's kind of in the front of my head. I just think Detroit... I would put him right, like, I would put him right around just above Jen Nil. I, you know what? No. I'd say put him somewhere right around this middle I mean, cluster. He does a gr- I mean, it's the Red Wings. It, it, he does a good but job. It's a solid franchise. The Detroit win Red Wings landed that guy in free agency. Mike Green... Mike Green's not that guy. He used to be that guy. He's not that guy anymore. <laughs> I mean, Red Green. Wings fans were excited. What about? I mean, if he landed like a Cody Franson on a good deal, mm-hmm. I'd feel pump, I'd feel more comfortable putting him further up. But I guess I'd put. I mean, I, I know we're kind of going back to the well here, but I'd put him right around the middle of the pack. Could you imagine if if uh, the Islanders signed Cody Franson? Playing the parade. Uh, here's an interesting one. Tim Murray and the Sabres, a team that intentionally tanked last year, knows they're going to be bad this year again, have accepted it, and are just running the team as you would any other day. I mean, they're doing, he's doing exactly what they need to do. The fan base is ecstatic because they know what's happening. It's hard to say that it's it's being poorly or mediocrely run because he's doing exactly what he needs to do. Everyone's bought in, and they're they moving have a in the right direction. They're executing it. So, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of saying he's in the top just because if you look at fran- how the franchise is being run their goals that they've set, and the fan base's overall happiness, everyone's really excited right now. On the flip side, so they lucked into Jack Eichel like was the plan, even though they were going after McDavid. 
So they trade for Evander Kane, which I thought was a very good deal. But then they give up a first for Robin Leonard and David Legwand, who's on that team now. And they throw, what, $7.5 million at Ryan O'Reilly. And then he gets into all that other stuff uh, later. I think the O'Reilly money is fine. It's a decent contract. It's not an overpayment. I, I think it's I think a little bit of an overpayment. I disagree. I think it's a little bit of an overpayment. Who would you, okay, who would you rather have Derek Stepan or Ryan O'Reilly? Uh, I'd probably take Ryan O'Reilly. I'd probably take Stepan, to be honest with you. See, there's the difference. Yeah. So I think Stepan's kind of, yeah, even, even, even with Stepan in his contract being a little bit being less than O'Reilly, I, I think the O'Reilly contract is a fine contract. I think it'll pay off in the long run. I think it's fine. Um, that's what I said. We, we, we have slightly yeah, different fine. opinions, fine. so that's kind of where we're at. Um, yeah, no, I, I think he's, if we're going by your criteria you set, I think he's in the top. I, I have to say he's in the lower part of the top ten. Yeah, I would. He I has would be a plan and he's building with it. He, I, I yeah. I mean, I I'd put him um, ahead of Hex. I mean, if I try, I mean, if I'll, I'll I'll give that to you. Yeah, <laughs> that's I'd, fine. I trust yeah, I the think direction. We just, I think we heading. disagree a little bit just because, like, I I get I get the other the whole sentiment of you know tanking. Uh, not even just, but you know, being bad to get good, and he's got a plan later. But I'm still yeah. not a hundred percent convinced that the moves that they're making right now are the right ones. Yeah. I, and Maybe that's, that's just like, me. We could be sitting here this time next year doing the same thing, which we and he be could be. So I'll concede on this the just because yeah. I don't want to I, extend I, any more energy yeah. on the same. And I totally agree with with you. I just think for what he's been doing so far, we've been there. Okay, sacking the avalanche. Uh, oh, that's boo. Yeah, we're we're not even going to discuss shame, that. Shame spiral. Um. <laughs> Bowman of the Blackhawks. It's got to be up there. Yeah, it's got to be. They're one of the best run franchises. Asset management. I mean, Hurricanes, guys, Francis. I mean, what, well, what, do we what's trust going? the direction the Carolina Hurricanes are headed right I now? I don't know what direction they're heading in. They uh, kind of, they're like the Minnesota Wild for me. They nope. just sort of this. There's this only black one way to go, mind. but up, I guess. I mean, what, they got rid of Simmons. Uh, they drafted Noah Hannafin, which they they locked into that. They're still going to rely. They think they're still going to rely on. Uh, Eric Stahl's headed into the last year. Eric Stahl's, Eric Stahl's kind of washed out. Um, Cam Ward is still their man, apparently. Yeah, I don't see sanity, them. I don't which, see them doing anything to get better. But they, really, like I, I don't. I mean, like maybe. Yeah, you could say that maybe cutting ties with Semin was a uh, was an okay thing for them. But like, are is that team other than Hannafin going to be that much different next year? I feel comfortable putting them towards the top half of the third category, the lower category, above like Shovel Day off. I'm okay with that. The Flames with Birkin Brian friends. Birkin friends. Birkin friends. I think that they're going in the right direction. I really do. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, they. I think um, they're up there with the Predators and having one of the best defensive cores with some of the best depth. Maybe even prospect-wise, are a little bit deep in the Predators. Cody Franz was defense. spotted on a flight to Calgary. That's that interesting. Would, that, well, you know, I don't think that's the right place for him to be honest. But whatever. I think he'd be. I think he find himself in a. How many right-handed shots do they have in Calgary? I don't know what Dougie Hamilton shoots. I, left, I'm not he? that weird I don't, about. I don't know. Uh, I'm just making fun of him. Let me tell you why the joke is funny. I could tell. I, I, I just uh, do. They know he's a right-handed shot. <laughs> I, I just don't. I, I think he's gonna. He'd find himself in a similar situation as he did with the Predators. Um, he's gonna get buried in that lineup. He needs to go somewhere where he's got more minutes. So, so stop me. Do you want to do it right here? I, I'm okay with him being in the top and being in the top category. To you. Okay, uh, Chiarelli and the Edmonton Oilers, who have trying to piece together an actual hockey team this year for the first time in, like, what, five, six years? By the way, Dougie Hamilton shoots right. So he would be... Yeah, he does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go and say again with the, the same thing that I said with the Sabres. They lucked into McDavid. Like, they lucked into McDavid. and But then they go out and get Andre Sakara. 
They're tr- I, mean, I guess they're. Sakara's I mean, Talbot, a good play. They, they probably overpaid a little. Yeah, bit but yeah, this is an argument for another one. But is Talbot is Talbot a major major league starter? That's a. Yeah. Conversation yeah, I mean, for a different I don't, day. I don't. I mean, I don't, the Sakara thing. I don't quite like. I mean, he was a good player. He's going to be a good player. I don't think he's, gonna be, he's the player they quite want him to be. I don't think uh, paying all that or doing all that work to get uh, Talbot was is is worth it. Uh, I, I I think they've done some good things. They've done some bad things. I think they're very middling right now. I would I would say middling, which is in, I think even, they put, they're in the middle of the middle. Yeah, that's rocketing up from where they would have been just last year or the year before that, which has been like bottom rung. Okay. We got three left. Talon and the Panthers, a team that just continues to accrue things but not actually achieve anything. And I love the direction the Florida Panthers are going. I love them so much. Yes. I feel like they're just like they're just hoarding things, but they don't quite know what to do with any of it. I have no strong opinion one way or the other. They got other. Luongo back. They've got a they got strong defense with uh, they're they're bringing in the right pieces. I I seriously I'll, love. I'm just gonna let you place that card because throwing behind a hex doll. You care about the Panthers more than anyone else I know in the world. Uh, Shiro and the Devils. I really don't like. Where they're yeah, going. I don't like where they're going either. Do we have sp- one, two, three, four, five? I six, don't think. Seven, I'm the, you eight, know. Nine. Oh yeah, that's that's doing off the ten. Oh, oh, and of course we finish with the other Florida team, Iserman and the Lightning, who are you know building a good team and continue to build a good team. They're obviously in the top. Well, they're good. We're not going to have exactly thirty teams right here because you know so there's there's one name missing over here. Oh, but um, uh, which is which is weird. Why you didn't even. Yeah, right. Why you even wrote a card for it? No, you'll see. Um, where would you? Put, okay, so we have we put Lightning in the top ten because no crap. Yeah, they're it's top ten. Freaking Lightning. I think they. I think they might push Talon in, into uh, the middle pack. Mm. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. <laughs> just, I'm like, I really am. I'm jealously protecting Hextall for <laughs> all right. Uh, so, for selfish so, reasons. So our our order right now. I'm just going to give you the top five and the bottom Wait, five. Our top two, correct. I'd even put the Blackhawks above the Kings. I put the Blackhawks above the Kings. I would put. I'd put Iserman above the Kings, um, I, just because I'm I'm docking Lombardi for all the lawsuits. <laughs> to be honest, I don't know. He doesn't have any control over don't that. Don't care. Though. Don't care. Actually, I really, I honestly, the, the fact that they even have to deal with a drug charge is stupid. I mean, who cares? No one got hurt. Aren't you a little libertarian? Um, don't hurt me like that, Dan. <laughs> uh, we like. Do you like the Rangers at four with Gordon? I, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. At this point, it's really hard to juggle people around. Yeah, um, um, we'll just say this is within three places or right, something so like that. So if anyone wants to crucify us in the comments section, so just real hey, quick, no I'm one can run see down the order our, but us. I'm gonna run, well, I'm gonna run down our top ten real Damn quick. Damn it, Dan! You got Blackhawks, Lightning, Kings, Rangers, Coyotes, Capitals, Flames. <laughs> Sabres, you can't read your own handwriting. Flyers, Capitals. So that was your top. T- that was your top list there. I hope that Link's interrupting didn't make me want to repeat anything there. Not that he does. No, that. they got it. They're smart. What happens now? I want to just go through the the bottom real quick. Devils, Hurricanes, Jets, Wild, Sharks, Avalanche, Canadians, Penguins, Canucks, and Bruins bringing up the very bottom. What happens with the Predators and David Poyle? Where would you put them? Put you, them solid high middle. You would put them just outside the top five, or? Sorry, no, 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 no. High middle. This is high. This is high top. High middle. Okay. So I, w- I would maybe put them. Um, looking at the way we have it right now, above the Islanders, because if we said that we're in wait and see mode for Garth Snow, same thing. They're trending in the very right direction with because they've got 
They've got uh, Smith and Wilson signed. They've got a couple of uh, tryout contracts, basically, with Hodgson and Moses that we're going to see if those work out. Uh, they've got Forsberg and Jones, and the defense is really good. But then you have those contracts to Ribeiro. You've got uh, uh, Mike Fisher as your second-line center. You've got Eric Nystrom and Paul Gostad clogging up the, the lanes right there. Um, so there's a lot to like with the Predators, but at the same time, I I don't think that they're one of the best-run organizations in the NHL right now. Certainly not top 10. I, I'd be... Uh, I, I mean, I'm certainly looking at the way you've got this laid out right now. I do think they're ahead of Nil. I do think they're ahead of Murray. I think you can even put them ahead of Snow. Um, I don't think... No, I don't think they're they're in the top category. You think they'd be put ahead of Tal um, Dale Talon and the Panthers? If you were to put them there, you'd put them right there. Right. But do you think they're... I mean, it, hey... You know, Dan, if you're going to say that the Panthers should be in that top ten, I don't necessarily agree that the Panthers. Then, should be yeah, in the I think the Predators are in a better shape. Well, than the then, Panthers. then I think the Panthers need to be bumped down. That's fine. And I think I think the Predators need to be be still in that middle. So I think everything would have to shift. Okay. Because I really I don't think that. So, you, so for the record, you're you're thinking that then, and you're, you're I don't think I don't know if you're wrong with this. I don't I don't know if you're right. You think that the Philadelphia Flyers right now are in a better position going forward over the next like you know. I don't, but you I mean, well, no, what I'm saying the, the Flyers are on like a three to five year plan at this point. They, th- that's something that's that's fairly well acknowledged. So they're, they're going to get bad contracts off the books. They're trying to lock up guys so that when they hit that three year point, they can be competitive. But and that's aren't what the Predators aren't the Predators on a three to five year plan right now to begin with? And they're competitive right now. Well, yeah, but I'm counting more than just signing contracts. I don't. I don't think. We haven't had quite the con- we haven't had really any controversies on the Flyer side this summer. That is true. Um, we haven't had the Flyers dishing out contracts of thirty five plus year olds for because because they're nice guys. I mean, Poyle loves signing nice guy contracts. He and loves it, and one other thing he loves more than that is telling people he's signing nice guy contracts. Yeah, um, <laughs> I just I don't know. I just I just don't always like the decisions that Poyle makes, and uh, I, I think some of the draft some of the recent draft picks are uninteresting people get excited about them anyways because they're predators draft picks but i find that a lot of them to be fairly uninteresting but you compare them to every other guy you have on the sport with the exception of bowman lombardi's been there for a long I like, time I th- maloney's been there for a long time um burke we have we have a lot of book on on brian burke but compared to everybody else that's above him we know more about what david Poyle's resume is compared to everything compared to everybody else i, I still so i, I say i i you know, you guys can easily overrule me. I say he's upper middle of the pack uh, in, in the I agree row. With that. I think he's I think he's mixed in there with uh, with Snow um, at, at kind of a similar level. No, in I think my he opinion, belongs, I think he belongs in the top part of the middle category. Well, I mean, you got Snow at the top part of the middle category already. So I, I think he he's mixed in with Talon and Snow. I don't think he's in the top ten. Okay. Um, if you guys can can use no, the love averages, no, I, I, I agree. I with think you I, right I there. agree with you. I'm okay. Like with I said, I, I they're in much better shape than a lot of other franchises are yeah. right now. But are they one of the top ten run organizations in the NHL right now? I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know you can put I, I you know you, you could argue your way to putting uh, the Islanders in the top ten, but I, I I'm not I'm hesitant to do that. I'm, I'm very not. hesitant to do that. Um, but then again, I also think I. I if you look at the way you like a normal distribution, you, you should have fewer on one end, and I think it's going to skew towards bad GMs and good GMs. So having actually, if we have fewer in the top ranking, I think that's okay. Yeah, I think it's good. I think I'm, this, I'm pretty. I'm happy with this. And any day in reference normal distributions is a good day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, gentlemen, we have one last thing to do. Let's do it, this and let's not look back. Let's not look back. No, we only look forward here. Five tough questions. 
brought to you by a dynamic sponsor opportunity here. And this is going to be a, I had a lot of fun just making these around today. Uh-oh. Number one, as of right now, Christian Ehrhoff and Cody Franzen are still on the market. What teams make the most sense for them? And the other part to that is what teams do you want them to stay away from? I mean, it, it, if Dallas had any cap space, they would benefit from either of them. Uh, but they they can't do that. I mean, that's the problem. A lot of the teams that could use, like, use LA Franzen have already tangled themselves up with a bunch of bad contracts. They can't sign him. And all the teams that can afford him would put him in a position, like, with the Predators that would be beneficial for him. So that's why he's not signed, because he's caught in this weird null zone between teams that could need him and can't afford him mm-hmm. and teams that can afford him but don't but don't really need him. Right. Uh, it's very Edmonton tricky. couldn't very well benefit from either of those guys. I think. I don't know. Florida. Well, I mean, yeah. Who's going to be like... I mean, he's going to go to Florida if no one else wants him. Florida at least pay him. Uh, Christian Ehrhoff, um, right now Columbus is is working with him, but I would like Francis to stay away from the Bruins, just because I hate the Bruins. And he, there's been some chatter there that maybe that's that's what they've been they, they've been looking at. I don't think that they've got the cap space to sign him though, so they'd have to make some moves. Yeah, I've I've just heard some chatter, and anything that makes the Bruins better makes John sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, some other interesting ideas. Uh, you know, maybe Buffalo. If you know, sign him to a longer-term contract uh, and try to say, okay, well, you're going to be part of the rebuild, and then you've got a couple of good years of Cody Franz and, and, and the team being good. Uh, that could be interesting. I mean, honestly, Anaheim maybe they need defensive depth badly. They don't have anyone to quarterback their power play. Um, yeah, and they've got be a great fit there. They've got a ton of cap space right now. They've got 22 guys in their roster, but they still have 16 million in cap space, which is more than anyone else in the league. I don't know if they spend to the cap, though. I don't think that they're well, but a very yeah, much but, cap team. Uh, they got the TV revenue where they can spend the cap. Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I could see Buffalo or Anaheim being options. Uh, nothing else really stands out to me. Uh, I Like a team like Colorado could what about, absolutely use friends, but, they, but he's not, I don't think what about you know, Toronto? He doesn't buy in. Toronto? Uh, I honestly don't think they're going to want him back. They're going to they're going to be trying to keep things pretty tight. And plus, I don't think they have what, how much space do they have. I don't. Uh, mm, I think if he goes back to Toronto, he's going to want to get a raise. Going back to the team he was already. Playing I think for. he's already out of his raise right now. Well, There's but, no but I think, way that. I, but I think this is unique to Toronto. Mm-hmm. I think if he goes back to the team that traded him, mm-hmm. okay. you have to look at it differently. Yeah. I think he's going to want more money. Right. Where I think another team can get it from cheaper. So I don't think Toronto's going to be interested for that reason. Not to mention they're all about the rebuild. Gotcha. Number two, does Eric Nystrom make the opening night roster? And more importantly, should he? Should he? No. Just I'll, I'll say that off the bat. Dan, I'm also going to go with no, if I may. Right. Here And here's, but, here's one of the things that I think about it, too, um, is do you think that Eric Nystrom, as he is, is going to be... No, let me let me th- throw that back. Do you think any of the players that would replace him, whether that's Watson, Sissons, uh, Salamaki, Arvidsson, you think that if they got a shot, would they be as productive or more productive than Nystrom as he presently is right now? And I cannot nod my head fast enough vertically to, mm-hmm. to get that point across. Yes. Because right, I think that's the big question. The if qu- you think that they're going to be more productive or as productive, then they should that, get their shot. That's Sorry. our opinion, I mean, yes. But well, the, at the, this point... Guys like Zach Ronaldo and Dan Carcillo are better hockey players than Eric Nystrom. 
easily. And I hate which to. Is I, a terrible thing yeah, to say about I, a human being. I also hate to to bring it up too, but and like, cause we don't know what goes on in the locker room. We don't know what that dynamic is. And I, you know, I, I always hate about talking about intangibles just because they're intangibles. But at the same time, they do exist in some capacity or another. And how much does Eric Nystrom affect that? I, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't answer that. Well, that's why you sign guys like Barrett Jackman, and you happily give him a two-year deal. Mm-hmm. You know, he was wearing, he was wearing the A in St. Louis with a pretty good locker room over there too. But the question was, does he? And oh, well, does he? I mean, probably. Yeah. I in my lineup that I had, I had. Eric Nystrom on the line. It's not something that I feel like even uh, someone like Gabrielle Bork would be more effective on there than he would. But yeah, I mean, I have, unless they're, I, I, I don't see them, you know, trading him. I just, because I just don't think that he has any value. I don't see them waving. Uh, and again, that's another terrible thing to say. Uh, but I don't see them, uh, you know, waving him to stash his, um, salary down in the minor leagues or anything like that but you know i think that it's just going to be really hard when some of these kids come out and have an awesome training camp and they're forced with this decision is are we stuck with him or are we not well they waved stalberg last year i'm pretty much ready for about about mid-season uh he's so such a perma scratch that he's essentially he's going to actually be sitting in and doing commentary Um, he's gonna be the permanent carter he's gonna be he's gonna be doing radio commentary uh you know, on 102.5. I mean, Belak was doing that his last I mean, season. He, yeah, he's going to he's gonna go Wade Belak, Brad Friedel. Like, he signed to an active player contract, but he's doing commentary on television. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be the optimist and say no, but I say yes, Eric Nystrom makes the opening night. I love how that's the pessimistic is a player will get to play. Yeah. <laughs> Number three, um, as Link says, other than adding more character to Bridgestone Arena, mm. what would you like to see added next summer to the building? Next next summer. All right, guys, they're pretty much done with it this summer. They're yeah. doing a seat refresh. Uh, they're doing the painting and all that other stuff on the lower bowl. Yeah, so what I would love to see is to go to one of the uh, blank or recessed wall spaces, which of course there are several. They're just empty. Maybe even on the second floor. First first tier would be better, but second is fine. Um, and, and to have a, a really nicely, like a semi-curated history of the Predators. They've got that one mural where they do all the charity Other options. than adding more character to Bridgestone Arena. Um, this is not character. This is history. Bigger TVs to watch um, the games so you're not straining your neck in the beer lines. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Ditch the ice, like the, the dancing crew. Is that considered in the character? You know what section? I would like? You know in the fan zone where they've got like the standing room only seats to right. where you can see that one? I would love those more around the top. If they could like open that up somehow. Again, I don't know if that's at all, yeah. at all possible. But just like being able to stand there for standing room only seats and like look over and see the entire ice and the entire mm-hmm. arena. Not have garbage ice every night? I don't, I don't know. I'd like to see uh, a suspended press box. That'd be kind of cool. You want to do like I want a New York Rangers style skywalk? Yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I think that's again that's character. Character is a vague thing that you you made a very vague condition. Yeah, that's what you always say though. I want to, I want to see them paint some more walls and add not add paint more walls. I, I, yeah, because it des- I mean they keep doing it, but it's like very corporate now. Like they went the wrong direction. It's like hey, let's add like let's get more sponsorships and then build things for those sponsorships. That's not. Not how you do it. That's how new. That's how like NYC FC does it. Like you're t- you're talking about like Comerica Park, where they've got like the decades 
of stuff like well, memorabilia. You, I mean, you go to a lot of like stadiums that. and it, it feels like a home to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I just think of you know you walk around. Um, at this point, I've even forgotten the name of it. It was Wachovia, then it was Wells Fargo. Was it still Wells Fargo? It's still, Wells Fargo, still Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, I still want to call it the Wachovia Center. Um, and it just, you know, it feels like the Flyers live there. And granted, I mean, it was built solely for them and to be replace the Spectrum and all well, those things. Well, I mean, it wasn't solely for them because the, the Sixers have it too. And plus Villanova basketball players there too. So what I was going to get ready to ask you is that, so do you also see like the history of the Sixers around? Because Philadelphia's got a rich basketball history. Uh, th- that place is flyers it's really yeah so there's not a whole lot of sixer stuff there i don't watch basketball uh when, I, when i'm it there doesn't exist I, I i don't know i see the flyers stuff i don't pay. i mean there's 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 statues of flyers players there's hat trick walls with hats yeah. that they've scored i mean it's it's clearly fo- very flyer focused unless they unless for Sixers games they wheel away all the flyer statues and bring out all the sixer statues in which case i would never know okay gotcha um, what about the um, getting combative about environments? <laughs> Fine, moving Villanova. on. Moving on. <laughs> Number four. If you had to make a guess right now, and this is fun, now if you had to make a guess right now, Paul Gosta, twenty fifteen. Will the Blackhawks ever no. meet the Penguins in a Cup final? No. No. Why? Flurry's a mental train wreck. They have no defense, and their depth is non-existent. It's not that they don't have any defense. They've got a fine defense, but Latang is one hit away from getting his career ended. And if they have any injuries at all uh, this year, they're in trouble because yeah, they've got that one line. And I think that you they can that one line can score them into the playoffs. But once you start getting in there, I mean, Mata's coming off an injury. Latang is coming off an injury. Um, who else is coming off an injury? I don't Let even me, know. I'm gonna stop you right there. Uh, there was an operating word in the sentence. It was ever. Ever? Yes. So, like, well, 24 18. Well, within Chicago Blackhawks. Within reason. I don't As know. By 24 18, I think they'll finally have dropped the semi racist uh, imagery and maybe have gotten something a little less. Uh, I'll, I'll let you finish. Um, <laughs> right now, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane are under contract. And right now, Sidney Crosby and Guinea Malcolm are under contract for the Penguins. Plus, now Phil Kessel's there for forever and ever. Amen. Do you see the two teams playing each other while they still have the uh, the Mount Rushmore of their teams on their roster? Not really. No. So you don't see them ever being on top of the NHL at the same like, time. Like, is it possible? But, sure, but it, it, I don't think if so. If Crosby no. or Malkin go down, the team's basically through. I mean, they, uh, you look at their stats when one of those two guys are not playing, and the team is garbage. They are one of the worst teams in the league. They have two forwards and Phil Castle. Then I guess Patrick Cornquist. Yeah, I mean, they I th- always I think, have a full line. I think you saw it last year. What happens when, like, what the Pittsburgh team is made up of? You know, they barely, barely made it into the playoffs. And granted, they had a lot of injuries, but those are some pretty serious injuries. It's not like a dude's out with you know a, a bruised knee or something like that. I mean, no, only Chris Mata was is like a cartoon character at this yeah. point. Yeah, and only Mata had cancer. I mean, this, those are things that are just kind of like <laughs> way, way out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I don't know what's going on with that training staff, but thank you. You know, yeah, I, that that's a, again another conversation. But you look at where they are, and again, so they were hit really hard with injuries last year. Is that going to continue again? I probably not, but you never know. And if it does, then I, they're not built to withstand that in any way, shape, or form. Last question. In honor of Pete Weber and Willie Donick changing seats in the broadcast booth, um, what uh, out of the history of the franchise, what was your favorite Pete Weber call or moment? 
you're asking me a question about history and I cannot remember past like three weeks. Uh, God, or just this your favorite. Or is, you know what? You can broaden it out a little bit. What's your favorite thing that Pete Weber does on a broadcast? I mean, I love how he's got his excited voice and then he's got like his super excited voice because, you know, he's like, and he scores! But then. He gets up and he starts it. And he scored it. He starts yelling again. You know, oh. Dan's gonna have fun editing later. No, no kidding, man. Jeez, Pete Weber has Pete Weber. If you're looking at like a transmission, Pete Weber doesn't have gears two and four. He has gears one, three, and five. <laughs> so, so he he does uh he does his crescendos very um. He, he's number one. He's he does he doesn't miss calls. Mm-mm. He's fast. Not, I mean, not everybody can do hockey. I can't do hockey. I can do high school football. I can do baseball. I can't do hockey. I always like his promos. His promos are good, his too. His promos where he wouldn't, whatever that show was, the best damn sports show, whatever it was, and like, he would never, he would refuse to say the name of the show, so he would always just say the acronym, like he just used the acronym, yeah. which no one else in the world used. I loved that. All right. Um... Any last words before we close the book on this one? No, I think I blew out my throat. Oh, I think you did too. Oh man, Dan, Dan you, we've gotten Dan. Yeah, blew out your speakers between too. between between your loudness and my my disregard for his speech for Dan's speech patterns. He's just frustrated <laughs> with us at this point. <laughs> All right, then. I'm sorry, Dan. Uh, it happens. <laughs> it happens. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter at jgarcia36. You can follow him on Twitter at 3dlink. You can follow myself at dandbradley. You can follow the show at on the four check. This will be posted on onthefourcheck.com to Stitcher, TuneIn, uh, iTunes, and I think that's about all. Or you can just you know watch it whenever we post it up here. Uh, any last words before we close the book? Um, looking forward to getting to training camp. Looking forward to an upcoming regular season. Uh. Yeah, I'm looking forward to soccer coming back in, in in season as well. Yeah, dude, I used to be so excited about when summer rolled around. Summer sucks. It's too hot. <laughs> it really does suck. All right, guys, y'all have a good evening. We'll talk to y'all soon.